Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. So that way they could pick up the signal. Jerry O'Brien, nice to see you, Doc from Wyoming. Travis DeLuca, W. David Page, good to see you. Pam Harris, thank you so much for that lovely super chat. Very much appreciate your love and support. Jenny Whitebear, thank you for coming on in. Digger Dog, good to see you, Midwest Night Watchers. Thanks for joining us. And who else do we have? Invisible Tracker. Grandizer, how are you? Jeremy Jones, thank you for coming on in and for that awesome super chat as well, my friend. I love your support of what we do nightly, dude. Appreciate you. And uh, there's Bill WD40 over in the Spreaker chat. He is lubing us up for tonight's show. And Latro, good to see you. And we are caught up on names here so far. And Mr. Cowley, welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced out radio. All right, Monica, thank you so much for the love. Very much appreciate your continued support of spaced out radio. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. I hope to see you in Vegas as well. And uh, we got about 15 seconds. Our store is open on our website, Road Flare. Welcome to SOR Chat. And we're going to have some fun here. Peter Robbins coming up. The next 90 minutes, we're going to have a blast with Peter. Here we go, everyone. Horns up. Let's rock. the snowy mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world for year number eight this is spaced out radio I am your host Dave Scott sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally on Odyssey Radio talk stream live at KPNL all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio Instagram at spaced out radio show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a wonderful show packed for you tonight, and it's a special show. One of the legends in this field, Peter Robbins, who I actually got to meet for the first time this year at the MUFON Symposium in Denver, Colorado. One hell of a great gentleman. What This man is a gentleman and a scholar. He's going to educate us for the first 90 minutes of this show. Then, in the second half of the show, I'm going to be joined by Tim Senor. And we're going to celebrate SOR a little bit here. Pat our own backs. We never really do because it's our eighth anniversary show tonight. And I am so glad that all of you are with us for this momentous occasion. 
to celebrate. And so let's let's just jump right into it, okay? Let's jump right into it because one of the people I really respect in this field, and he probably has not been on this show enough, is Peter Robbins. This guy has been there, done that for over three decades of UFO studies. He's a researcher, an investigator, a writer, lecturer, activist, author. There is so many hats this guy wears, he doesn't even have a hat for just having fun. He's too involved in his work in order to make this fly. He goes all across coast to coast to talk about UFOs. And honestly, being a gem of a human being that he is, the fact that he makes time for us. And and one thing that really taught me about Peter's character is when you go to these conferences, all right, when you go to these conferences, a lot of times you will meet people that you've talked to on the show and and, you know, that's the only way you know them. Peter actually took the time to come right up to me and, and 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 shake my hand and say, hello, Dave, I'm Peter Robbins. And we ended up having a great conversation. And I will tell you, that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. It really touched me because, you know, a lot of people of Peter's stature, when you go to these conferences, they don't do that. But he's a gentleman. He's a great human being. And you know what? You can find his work all over the internet, his books on Amazon. I'm going to stop talking because i got to get him in here. Peter Robbins, thank you so much for being with us tonight. What an honor and a pleasure it was to meet you back this summer in Denver and now to have you on this show. It's a real pleasure, my friend. Dave, the feeling is mutual, and um, I really enjoyed meeting you as well, and I'm honored to be one of your guests on this eighth anniversary of Spaced Out Radio, I had not realized you go live seven nights a week. I do it once a week here in the States, and I have a a podcast uh, in the UK once a month. So hats off to you, brother. That's amazing. Thank you. And I do have a hat for having fun. Um, No question about it. You, You do this work all the time. You try to live, eat, and breathe it. And you can become certifiably insane in a relatively short period of time. So I do maintain my other interests, read books that are not about UFOs. No. Have friendships that have nothing to do with the subject. Um, But glad to be here. I'm not sure how much educating I can do as I find that I'm still educating myself. I know at this point in the years that I've been doing this work, how little I absolutely really know that I could bring to court and prove empirically. (laughs) Well, you you know what, Peter, honestly, I I, I had an entire different bio that I was going to read for you tonight, and I kind (laughs) of got into it. But, you know, it it really hit me. I've been to a number of conferences. I haven't been to a lot, but I've been to a number of conferences over a, a long period of time. And because I'm still considered kind of the new guy on campus where not a lot of people mm. have met me, I'm usually the one who has to go up and do the introduction and, and say hello. Yeah. And Hey, it's very nice to finally meet you. But the fact that you came up to me and, and said, Dave Scott, Peter Robbins, I so wanted to meet you here, Peter, you have no idea how much that, that meant to me. It, it really meant a lot because I consider you in that Grant Cameron type of legendary status. And I know you're probably you're going to kick my butt for that, but that that's where I could, I consider you. And, and 
you know, you're somebody who could teach somebody like me or our audience a lot about this history and, and what's gone on over the years. So the fact that you would do that, it just really, it really uh, hit home with me. So thank you so much for doing that. You're welcome, Dave. Um, but I guess um, it's instinctive with me. I was very fortunate in the way that I kind of came up in the work, um, I went from knowing nothing about it and kind of being plunged into it um, without any preparation or even desire. Um, many years ago, uh, after I had a conversation with my sister, Helen, about our childhood UFO sighting, which was so overwhelming to me. And so uh, I was so unable to process it. Um, five silvery white disc shaped clearly unambiguous oval craft close enough to make out windows in a precise V-type formation, um, I repressed the memory. I did it very successfully for many years. And when it finally came back, I was overwhelmed, um, quite broken down, really. I'm, my rational mind said, how could anybody ever forget the most extraordinary thing they ever saw in their life? But I had. And we know that, you know, repressed memory syndrome is a, a very real part of the human makeup when necessary. But that um, was the precursor to my sister telling me extremely clear conscious memories of being taken when she was a kid. And um, we were very close. She passed about 20 years ago. And I knew her well enough to know that she wasn't lying. And for a moment, I thought, well... Obviously, my sister's gone crazy. Literally a moment, Dave, because then I caught myself saying, uh, ah, but six seconds ago, it was okay to have five flying saucers close enough to see windows over the Parker's house. And I became obsessed, um, not even in a healthy way, but within a relatively short period of time, a year or two, I had started to uh, find my first mentors make contact with people. And then as I realized this is important work and I should be doing it, the people I reached out to who were absolute legends to me, people like Stanton Friedman and um, Timothy Good in the United Kingdom, um, other respected individuals in the field, literally every one of them was warm, encouraging, um, corresponded, did not ignore uh, my sincere requests for contact with them and discussion. And I thought, if I ever get to a point where I have some influence in this work, um, I'm certainly not going to uh, play games with people or be a prima donna. You know, what it comes down to, Dave, is we are all in this together and all doing our best to try to figure out what the hell Mm, these phenomena represent their implications for humanity, uh, the myriad of possibilities that they are. And, you know, I'm in the trenches with you. Well, and I, and I very much appreciate the fact that, you know, you're still able to share your experience, you know, and, and you're still learning from it. I think we are all still learning from our own experiences that we've had. You know, one of the big things that I... I really 
just was getting into when I started eight years ago was learning about Stanton Friedman and Richard Dolan and Grant mm. Cameron and Victor Vigiani sure. and a lot of these legends that were coming on through the door in moving on, you know, and I remember talking to Lorian Fenton and, and Melinda Leslie privately one time. Mm-hmm. And if anybody ever gets into a a group conversation with them on the phone, just know that you will never ever be able to sp- <laughs> to speak a word. Okay, no, you will. It's not going to happen. No, you're just there to listen. You're just there to listen, and and every now and again, give a mm hmm mm hmm. Peter's laughing because he knows exactly what I'm saying. Uh, They are two tough broads. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love them both to death. And, uh, you know, the idea behind, behind it is, Peter, is I was always taught, you know, being a newbie and getting into this from a journalistic point of view, beware Mm. of the alphabet agencies beware of the spooks who come on in and are trying to uh, pat you on the back for your great work your great research and and everything along those lines because they're trying to get us they're trying to get ufology i mean how real is that i mean because you know today fast forward to where we are now it's not that long ago when i had that conversation Everything we do seems to be revolving around the government now. Number one, um, when you started eight years ago, things were quite different. Uh, It wasn't until late 2017 that kind of a flare went up, that there was uh, a change in the wind. And whether or not it was timed that way or completely... um, Coincidental, which I think is perfectly acceptable in this case, it was a pair of articles that appeared in um, late December of 2017 in a Sunday edition of the New York Times. Um, They were written um, by Ralph Blumenthal, uh, a staff reporter for the Times for more than 50 years, a Pulitzer Prize winning writer as well, uh, the great Leslie Kane. Uh, an extraordinarily important journalistic contributor to the UFO field, and um, Helene Cooper, uh, an outstanding journalist who I I think may have passed in the last few years. And one article was about this case that became known as the Tic Tac case, Uh, the early 2000s Navy footage of this, these phenomena that may be ours, may be, somebody else's. And it just took off like a rocket. I remember making a mental note after reading the article and a double note, because even though it was a small box, one of the articles started on the very front page, front page, New York Times article. um, There you have it. The other article was an interview with two of the pilots. And it's almost like major media left or right be damned, it didn't matter whether it was Fox or CNBC, was waiting to have permission to start to take this more seriously publicly. And it took me, honestly, about a year before I trusted that things really had begun to change. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and all of the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, flying saucers and little green men stuff to start again. But it didn't. Uh, But yes, as you say, when you started, beware of CIA, NSA, uh, go through the list of of, uh, 
acronyms. Um, the feeling was generally that the cover-up that had been put into place, and very effectively, in 1947, was eternal. It was just going to go on and on. And its greatest weapon was that ridicule was so strongly associated with taking UFOs, UAPs, their occupants seriously. Uh, it was deeply enculturated for decades that just expressing that view was your mouth's moving, but it's a presenting sign for I'm either mentally ill, I live in a fantasy world, I want to hoax you, I'm a mystic. Um, the great um, social observer and, and um, psychiatrist, Dr. Wilhelm Reich, had a wonderful phrase called evasion of the obvious. They're right here. They're right in front of us. Um, people see them every day. People are involved in contact every day. But good luck going forward and making it public. It worked brilliantly. That ridicule was so ferocious and so deeply culturally ingrained mm -hmm. with really vicious humor. But if you were a commercial pilot, uh, an academic, a scientist of almost any sort, certainly an astronomer, a mental health professional, a politician, and you went on record that you took seriously the possibility that advanced craft from parts unknown was visiting the earth with impunity for whatever reasons, you could literally lose your career. No joke. And that has begun to change. I'm sure there are a number of three-letter agencies that wish it weren't uh, and are doing their best to manage it or to stage manage it in a say, slow it down, but it doesn't work anymore. The old model of you say that in public and you're going to get ridiculed. You don't. In fact, more often than not, you draw interested, intelligent people who have also been holding their tongues and are now, you know, engaged in dialogue with each other. It's a, a healthy, a healthy time in that sense that we live in. May I please ask, is it healthy, though, that those who are trying to cover up this entire subject that we have been fighting for, for honesty and integrity over for the last number of decades, why should we team up with them if they're still willing to give us nothing? You know, I, you know, and I like Lou Elizondo. Let's use him as an example here. I really like Lou Elizondo. I think that, you know, deep down, he wants the world to know the truth. He wants the, the, the public to be able to understand that there is a phenomena going on that is bigger than all of our lifetimes. But on the flip side, we know he's a part of Space Force. We know that he has secrets that he's not allowed to tell and experiences that he's not allowed to tell due to his NDAs, you know. And, and to me, it's, it's like talking out of both sides of his mouth. And I don't think he does it because he wants to. I think it be, he does it because he has to. Because in the end, he still needs a paycheck. There's a mortgage to be paid. There's there's retirement money to put away. You know, uh, maybe children's uh, uh, college educations to pay for or whatever it may be. Hey, we all got cell phone bills, you know. And, you know, this is where I get confused. And this is where, Peter, I tell my audience, be wary of everything. 
be wary of everything. Yeah. When somebody tells you the sun is shining, look for those clouds that are still in the east. Um, you've made very good points here, Dave. I think number one, we're always going to have uh, alpha personalities emerge in this work. Um, and as they say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The person who is out there in the public eye, uh, whether they're an independent entity or have a history in government, intelligence, military, um, you know, NASA, what have you, um, it's an imperfect system and it's in transformation right now. When Lou became a public figure, uh, I was fascinated, like most of us were, and did my own homework on his background, understood immediately that he, if he was as sincere and as genuine as he presented himself, um, he was between a rock and a hard place at best. And rather than, you know, pal up, uh, I simply observed, as did a lot of colleagues, other ones, you know, you can't get photographed enough with the person who's in the news the most. And, you know, there are people in the work who love the attention, who um, are doing the work because they're sincere about it, but also there's almost a show business aspect to it. And, you know, you want to be the one who uh, uh, gets the attention. Ideally, if you are making you know a revenue stream on this and there's nothing wrong with that um that you actually are uh you know utilizing your skills whether it's in broadcasting writing uh documentary filmmaking to get yourself in the picture as well as cover the scene as it's happening um i wish lou well i i still don't know you know what's really behind um, he's doing what he's doing. I'd like to think, and it can, you know, um, certainly change uh, at some point in the future that he is sincere, that he is saying up to the edges of what he is allowed to say and um, doing his best in an imperfect situation. The other possibility, of course, is um, that we're this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Everything is more exhilarating when you're on your motorcycle. Just like your bike is more protected when you choose Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. They offer coverage for your bike starting as low as $75 per year. And they keep things affordable with discounts like paid in full, multi-policy, and responsible driver. So raise your kickstands and get to quoting at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Premium is for state minimum liability coverage and excludes state fees and taxes. Rate not available in Massachusetts. Discounts not available in all states or situations being set up. I, I don't get that with Lou, but, you know, people can be used, even very smart people. Um, as for your attitude about being suspicious, uh, for me, it's a matter of um, stay skeptical. Uh, a lot of people assume that somebody like me, for example, that does this work and is fairly well known for it, 
simply has an attitude of broad acceptance of any new case that's brought to my attention. Um, I have to be particularly careful because after, and it's actually more than 40 years, I'm almost horrified to say that I've been involved in this work, um, that um, because I, I worked for years as Bud Hopkins' assistant, and as some of your viewers and listeners know, Bud was really um, the preeminent force in the beginning of the serious scientific study of the UFO abduction phenomena, certainly most complex, troubling, um, likely paradigm-shifting aspect of certainly a major area of UFO studies. And I passed through a point after being privy to working with several hundred people through Bud before even going off seriously on my own and seeing the kind of evidence you could bring to a court, not just anecdotal, but physical, that I have to characterize myself by saying I no longer have the luxury of disbelief. So that means I have to be extra careful. Also that um, I have an event in my past as a, an investigative writer and, you know, if somebody intends to um, fool you, if you're a person of basic goodwill, even if you're a critical thinker, if you accept people at the start at face value and don't assume that they're playing you or lying to you or using you, um, if they are, you know, um, it can be very embarrassing. And that happened to me after years of, of working with uh, somebody who claimed that they were involved as an eyewitness and part of the well-known Rendlesham Forest UFO incident in England. Um, we ended up writing a, a best-selling book on the subject and became quite well-known in the UK. But years later, uh, his story started to unravel and then basically was shown up to be a complete fabrication in great part. Um, I had to cop to that because he took me in and I helped take thousands of people in because of my sincerity and hard work and missing certain things. So Peter, I... Peter, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, sometimes radio breaks out into a good story, but <laughs> we have to do it tonight. Peter Robbins, legendary researcher and author on Spaced Out Radio, will be back with the second half hour right after this. All right, we are clear. And, uh, Peter, I'm just going to put you back in the green room here. I'm going to run upstairs because uh, I, I don't know if you know or not, uh, last week uh, I became a, a grandfather for the first time. Mazel tov. That's great. Thank Congratulations. You. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so m <laughs> my my grandson is a week old today. And so uh, it's just been my boy and I around here, my son and I around here. And I got to make sure that he's wow. uh, fast asleep here. So I'm just going to put, I'm just going to put you uh, on hold here. The rest of you guys uh, just uh, bear with me. I will be right back down here in a couple seconds. I just got to go check on the big man. All right.
sorry about that everyone bring peter back in here and uh my son snuck a few extra minutes into his video game that he was playing so i had to quickly tuck him in there all right where are we here um all right, uh, Bobo, welcome back. Tits McGee, thank you for filling in for the vacationing Veronica Corningstone. Uh, Christy Belly, nice to see you. And who else is here? Let's see. Um, Lala Bright, welcome and thank you for the lovely super chat. Very much appreciate it, my dear. I hope you're having a great night with Science Bob. Give his top of his head a little pat for me, if you don't mind. Robert Lamoth, good to see you, 509er. Thanks for coming on in. And we are caught up. Peter Robbins is our guest tonight on the show. We will be going here in about 45 seconds. And uh, thank you, Pixie Lara, for the happy anniversary. And Jan, how are you? Welcome back. Don't forget, we have our Vegas party planned for next year, people. May 19th through 21st, 2023 at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, Nevada, our second annual fan party. And we are going to have more information up on our website very, very soon. But we are going back. We want all of you to come on with us and join us. We're going to have some very special events for you, including Carter Bouchard's poker tournament. Yeah, we want you guys to come on in and have some fun with us. And, uh, yeah. Go on you on Facebook. You can enter the event, and it'll pop up, and you can uh, hit it right there that you're coming. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you have missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. The legendary Peter Robbins is here tonight, almost four decades of research. He's an author, he's a speaker, lecturer, all on the UFO topic about what's going on today and what happened in yesteryear. And Peter, one of the th questions that I've wanted to ask you for a very long time is the fact that in this new wave of ufology that we have seen, especially over the last two years, we've seemed to forget about history. History doesn't seem to be important past the 2004 USS Nimitz incident where this subject, in my, in my opinion, became very militarized rather than a public phenomena. You know, how dangerous or how important, I'll, I'll let you decide which one it is, is it that we have seemed to forgotten about the Roswells, the Kecksburgs? We're not allowed to talk about the, the Aztec or, or the Shag Harbors of this world. 
your microphone's on mute there, Peter. There we go. You you touched a, a, an important point for me because um, I'm fascinated by history, um, twenty post war twentieth century history, um, ancient history, the history of our country, the history of other countries, and. It's unfortunately an um, all-too-American thing that the past doesn't seem to matter to many people, at least not in any kind of meaningful way. For me, it's, it's where I go to learn about the future. Um, and the quote, um, those who do not understand history are condemned to repeat it is alleged by several uh, philosophers and authors, usually uh, George Santayana, the uh, Spanish philosopher. And sadly, that's just generally speaking the case in the United States. And I don't mean to sound snobby. For some people, history is just dry and boring. I think part of that has to do with maybe the way it was first presented to some people, you know, in school. If we were fortunate enough to have somebody make it come alive, as I was certainly uh, with one of my grandfathers who walked me around New York City when I was very young and would tell me what the city was like very descriptively at the turn of the century. Imagine uh, you're five years old and somebody is over half a century old. Do people live that long? And remembered, you know, um, when women wore long dresses and carts were as common, uh, you know, horses and carts were as common as automobiles in the street. Um, in the world of UFO studies, you, you really tagged it for all too many people who have sincerely gotten involved in the last years. It begins in the early 2000s with the Tic Tac incident. And then all that old stuff before that really isn't relevant. You know, that's just whatever. Um, I find that I have settled into, to a degree, a groove in most of the presentations that I do. It's just where I'm most comfortable and I think most effective to couch the account that I'm going to give or the story or, for example, the, the paper that I gave when we saw each other in Denver was about the origin of UFO ridicule. And how did it begin? Um, where did it begin? What were the forces? The fact is, the whole thing really is comes down to one person saying to another, I saw something or things in the sky last night or the other day that I never saw before. And I wonder what they were either in their configuration or their trajectories or movements, a complete mystery. I wonder what they were in a relatively sane, logical world. You might say, or think if I said that to you, gee, that's interesting. I wonder what it was too. End of story, right? How did it happen that it immediately got hardwired and effectively into you see somebody's mouth moving but the moment ufo flying saucer unidentified your lips are saying i may be crazy um be careful how you move around me i may be trying to you know fool you i want to be famous i'm terribly lonely i'm a new age goofball welcome the space brothers um 
or I, I really like hoaxing. Um, it makes no sense, and yet it happened. And it's a wonderful post-war story. I'd like to see my role to a degree as getting people off the street and into the foyer and have, finish a talk, hopefully, with people saying, hmm, he doesn't seem completely insane. He's citing factual material that I know is authentic because I know something about history. His sources seem legitimate. Maybe there's something to it. And then hopefully they pass into the rest of the house where the rest of my colleagues grab them and fill them in on lots of things that they are doing. Um, I, I wish more people were interested in history in general. And I wish more people were interested in the history of the UFO studies movement, so to say. Um, it's very gratifying uh, that there are archives and repositories and a growing interest in building archives and building UFO libraries and learning more about these people, these events, these alleged events, the locations, um, what we actually have to back them up. And... Um, and there's no substitute for it. I'm a big fan of people understanding how important it is to know about the past. Because, again, we repeat our mistakes endlessly when we don't. Oh, very true. Very true. But, you know, it's not the public, though, Peter, that wants us to forget about this you know even in the in the odi reports that have come out they're like we're not worried about what happened 50 60 years ago we're not worried about uh what nasa has gone through and is covering up i mean we see bill nelson lying to us every single day about how he's so interested and they're going to do this study about ufos because the topic just intrigues him buddy you're an astronaut you know all the astronauts who have seen things. You know the cover-ups. I get fired up with it. I really do. But it's this military agenda that has really taken over the narrative of UFOs the last five years since 2017 that scares me. And it's yeah. taken the humanity out of a subject that has affected a lot of people, whether they've seen stars or lights in the sky or whether they've been abducted, Peter. You're absolutely right, Dave. And that term militarizing, uh, I find increasingly unnerving. It's uh, We're seeing it all over the country in terms of our regular local police forces. Even in small towns and peaceful villages, it's like the Department of Defense can't dump enough surplus hardware and armored vehicles and automatic weapons on police departments who as often as not, I expect, are happy to have, you know, some free stuff that's mm -hmm. cool and, you know, makes you feel more like a, a tough guy. Um, I, I think it's a mark of the times. It's one of the reasons why I think it's so important for people, especially if you're entering into an interest in this fascinating subject, to get in the habit of doing your own research. Um, and that means, obviously, in part, reading other people's research. The Internet, as we all know, is this, it's like this godhead of information. I am a very untech-oriented person. 
for me, the fact that it exists is one step away from miraculous. I don't know about you, but every once in a while I get bored and say, I'm going to trick it up this time. What was the name of the husband of Beethoven's sister? And, you know, you ask arcane questions. It just nails them. Um, and a big hello to Christina Gomez. Hi, Christina. Um, the, how can I say, um, the, the bread and circuses, the kabuki play, the Gilbert and Sullivan operetta that is going on behind the scenes of look over here and not over here, or like you say of Nelson, uh, Bill Nelson, a report. Oh boy, how exciting. What amazing stuff. The head of NASA is issuing a report. Congress did last year. Well, this is movement. It's historic. For those of us that are fairly well studied in it, there's not only nothing new, but one assumes that, you know, even powerful senators and congressional representatives are overall pretty clueless about this, except for what is being brought to their attention in great part um, by other elected officials who are maybe a bit more on the ball or a bit more studied in the subject. And there's this habit of, you know, the government says it's this way, so I guess it is, or if it isn't, then where else could I possibly go for the information? Um, I'm an analog person stuck in a digital world. And I grew up like you did, um, reading books and thankfully developing a, a great passion and love for reading and for books. Uh, as you can get a little sense over there behind me, although I do joke with people sometimes that my library is a green screen to make me look smart. Um, I've been building my library since I was a teenager and reading a book um, on this subject, for example, that has stood the test of time, that has an index, that has appendices, that has reproductions of documents that have been proven and reproven to be authentic, of the legwork that it takes to match up point A, point B. As an investigative writer, one of the most exciting things for me in a very geeky way is you know, you're working on developing material like this paper that I was working on um, for delivery uh, this past year. And you've got a, ba a body of facts that you have locked down. They're authentic. You've double. Some families were born into. Some families are made from the ones we meet along the way. Our families are built on love and traditions, the memories we share, and knowing that life is better because we're together. Pure life. 100% pure quality water, refreshing every moment together. Visit purelifewater.com and discover where to buy Pure Life. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Commercial Insurance. To all the passion projects, side hustles, and small businesses, we see you. You have drive. But if you're driving more than your dreams, you'll want Progressive Commercial Auto Insurance. They look out for you with discounts for safe driving, prior insurance, and more. Plus, as your business grows, you can simply add more Progressive's customizable coverages. Protect your drive to work and your drive to do business. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. We'll check them. And then you stumble on another fact 
that links them up in a way that you had not anticipated, um, that is confirming even more so of something that you put forward as possibly factual. And there it is. It's, it's a very quietly exciting process. Uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm one of those people who is comfortable in archives and libraries and um, really musty, dusty, quiet places, or being out in the field or one-to-one with colleagues, witnesses, experiencers, abductees, who for me began as my priority and will always remain my priority because we talk about cases and incidents and events. It's very easy to back burner the fact that every one of these we're talking about involve real living breathing people like we are or that they were and that the shattering events that inform their lives transform them uh and not necessarily in a pleasant way sometimes especially if you're you know beating the walls of the establishment and nobody wants to hear what you have to say well, you know what? It's true. Nobody seems to want to hear what we have to say as researchers. We've been shoved to the side. Uh, a lot of radio shows and podcasts and YouTube channels have recently been shoved to the side. Uh, experiencers over the last five years have taken more hits to the chin than a hockey player in a fight. and yeah. And yet we're supposed to only believe now military witnesses airline pilot witnesses. I mean, look, I know these men, brave men and women are incredibly talented, incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, their job is to is to find anomalies in the sky because air flight is a dangerous task, whether you're flying a $60 million fighter or whether you're carrying 240 passengers, one of the two. You know, but the idea that they are the only ones having experiences out there with this phenomena it really it really narrows down an entire narrative peter that seems to be being played so when you take a look at this narrative as we got about 8 minutes to go here when you take a look at this narrative what do you think the narrative is for what is the narrative about the secret keepers for lack of a better term were much more fortunate than I think they imagined they might be in the summer of 1947 in inundating the American public and by extension the Western world with the repeated understanding that whatever this phenomena was, certainly none of it represented advanced technology from parts unknown under intelligent control coming and going with impunity. Whatever it was, it wasn't that. And if you believe it was, well, you're to be more more to be pitied than censured. Um, I think what we're seeing is a new era of trying to maintain control of the release of data and to make a big deal of the fact that any data is officially being released. That, you know, gee, this is just wonderful that we now know something that we already knew but the government has now uh, approved, you know, the, the reality of it. I think part of it is the old dodge of look over here, don't look over here. I think the next report that is issued from the American Congress, which I'm sure will be next year, 
and the one from NASA. There'll be some intriguing bits and pieces, but absolutely nothing remotely exotic. And by that, I mean the possibilities revolving around crashes, retrievals, back engineering, um, hybrid beings, uh, missing pregnancies, the abduction phenomena per se, um, locations where artifacts are held. This is not something that any willing um, participant of the old guard would even consider talking about. Um, and they're going to do their best, I think, to drag their feet on a certain level while they figure out what the hell to do. Again, the old model of people keeping quiet because they know they'll be made fun of or, um, you know, possibly even have their careers uh, threatened simply doesn't work anymore. So the best they can do is just try to manage it. At the same time, I remember once um, at an international UFO Congress, I was on a panel discussion with Whitley and Ann Strieber and Stephen Greer and myself with Yvonne Smith um, moderating. And Steve gave his usual very uh, enthusiastic pitch for disclosure now, disclose everything, you know, we the people and all that. And I don't think he was thrilled with my response, which was essentially, we really need to think this through. First, people like you and I, um, like many of your listeners and viewers, have studied this, have thought about it, have passed through their own personal before and after that everybody has a different experience of it, but oh my God, it's real. And you go through the looking glass and you start to see the world in a different way. Um, again, I think to pay attention to the regular people that are having these experiences. And I know that there's a lot of controversy, especially now around using hypnotic regression as a tool to retrieve information in alleged UFO incidents. Um, the fact is, if you have a well-trained practitioner who is respectful of the subject, who is empathetic toward the individuals who they're dealing with, who understands that in using this tool, even if somebody, they are at that point, they want it and they're ready to go. And I have witnessed more hypnotic regressions than I remember. And I myself have been regressed three times years ago and it confirmed the memories of what I thought had happened, that it can be a very valuable tool in the hands of somebody who, you know, is, is looking purely to write a book. Uh, for example, the witnesses are like bugs stuck on boards with pins in them. It's very important to remember these are real living, breathing people, or they were. And many of them have suffered as a result. I recently reread um, one of the best, maybe the best, or certainly one of the best, witness-driven um, nonfiction uh, books in the UFO library, so to say, and, excuse me, it's um, um, Tom Carey and Don Schmidt's Witness to Roswell, where we are taken into the lives of dozens and dozens of people who had some memory of when, 
what went on back there. Uh, children of Roswell, people who were 12 years old in 1947 and whose parents had some inkling of what was going on and the way they were treated when the military came to visit them. It's I've met also met some of these people, most of whom are gone now, and most of them were in their 80s. They wanted nothing. They wanted no money for their accounts. They didn't want to be famous. They don't want to be on TV. They don't want to write a book. They want to be on record with what they remember and what they know before they die. Nothing more, nothing less. And we need to pay attention to those voices. Also, history. Uh, and I agree with you on that. We need to be able to do that. Why do you think there is a hesitancy of this new generation wanting to go back in time and learn what really happened at Roswell? Or did hmm. Eisenhower meet with aliens and cut a deal, humans for technology? The way I look at it is, and please, uh, you know, you can have a laugh or, or shake your head at me, whatever you sure. like, but... I tend to think, Peter, that the reason why we're stopping at 2004, as we got about 90 seconds left, and we could comment after the break, is that there is this UFO Pandora's box that is sitting somewhere deep, you know, 88 stories below the Pentagon somewhere, and they don't want to open it. And they don't want us finding out about it because the secrets that are in there, whether it's knowing who's being taken, whether it's Eisenhower making a trade, whether it's Bob Lazar or David Adair or Area 51 or Dulcie and, and Phil Schneider or whatever <laughs> UFO conspiracy you want to come up with, I think mm. the answers are in there. And they don't yeah. want to tell us what they've been hiding, not only from the American people, but their governmental counterparts and the rest of the people of the world. Because I tend to think, Peter, that we have very few people who are controlling the future of 7.5 billion on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we're going to break shortly, but um, I think for starters, the fear of what may result if all this information, or even a part of it, is confirmed in a manner that is unquestionable and becomes public, the unpredictability of what may result in the real world keeps the forces that be playing these damn games. Um, Very and true. part of it... Very yeah, true. Um, let's, let's continue this break. conversation yep. when we get back from break here. The legendary Peter Robbins. You can find his books on Amazon... You can check out any of his lectures. This guy's all over YouTube, all over social media. Easy to find. 40 years of research. We got him for one more half-hour segment, and we're going to make it large when we come back on Spaced Out Radio. All right, Peter, we are clear. And, uh, man, this has been fun. So you got a great chat room here. They're really going. Oh, they are going nuts right now. <laughs> they are going nuts right. I love these people. Love these. Yeah, people. I get that. I, I'm going to put you in the back room here, 
And if you want to chat with them, uh, you'd have to go on YouTube. You can't do it through the Spreaker side. But uh, I will be right back. I just got to go check on my son again, people. So excuse me, please. Might have to take the headphones off before I go.
Sorry about that. Little guy is sleeping away, which is nice. Peter, how are you, my friend? Good. What's your grandson's name? My grandson's name is Jasper. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I got some new photos today, so I don't mind sharing them. Here's the funny one. This is my daughter and her hubby holding him. But you'll notice in their family photos, the little guy is peeing. You can see the stream coming up onto my daughter's shirt. Marvelous. It's wonderful. What a clever child. Oh, <laughs> I just laughed when I saw that. My, uh, <laughs> if you saw me look down at my phone earlier and start smirking, that's because my wife had sent it to me. So it uh, it was quite hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, give me two seconds here, Peter. I got a lot of people to thank. Thank you to everybody sure. who has subscribed. We're just over 390 away from 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you to our super chatters, Stephen, Pam, Jeremy, Monica, Bob, Abe, W. Decker times two, Debbie, David Page, Lala, Christina, Surf, Jer, Mark, and Deb. Here we go with our number two, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you joining us on our eighth anniversary show tonight. Yeah, eight years ago we started this thing called Spaced Out Radio and it has been phenomenal ever since. Peter Robbins is our guest tonight. We'll get to him momentarily, but first I want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Yena Yena is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We got him until the bottom of the hour. It's our good friend, Peter Robbins. He's an author, lecturer, researcher on UFOs for more than four decades. And you know what? We're glad to have him here. We got to bring him on a few more times here because he's just so knowledgeable. We're talking about the history of UFOs. And Peter, thank you so much for joining us. We got to get right into it here. You know, right before the break, I was we were, we were making conversation about, you know, the history and, and the narratives that are going on. You, you know, what is your take on where we stand with everything and where we're going towards the future here? Wow. That's a major question. Um, my um, impulsive answer is damned if I don't, if I know. Um, on slight reflection, obviously more and more people care less and less what other people think about what they think about the subject of UFOs. I'm not playing with words here. 
that's a that's a fact and it's something i know just from being out there year after year and it did begin to change uh, again just a few short years ago in that respect um more and more people will be wanting more and more answers which means more answers will be forthcoming or more dodges and excuses and pseudo answers will be put in their place um we're in a tug of war here and the impulse to keep secrets is still very strong it's deeply ingrained in the military intelligence mindset and to a great degree as well in the military industrial complex community you know they're all marching um in lockstep and Stanton Friedman said years ago um what the the this advanced technology this advanced technology is really what it's all about for that military mindset whoever some families were born into some families are made from the ones we meet along the way our families are built on love and traditions the memories we share and knowing that life is better because we're together pure life 100% pure quality water refreshing every moment together visit purelifewater.com and discover where to buy pure life this episode is brought to you by progressive america's number 1 motorcycle insurer everything is more exhilarating when you're on your motorcycle Just like your bike is more protected when you choose Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. They offer coverage for your bike starting as low as $75 per year, and they keep things affordable with discounts like paid in full, multi-policy, and responsible driver. So raise your kickstands and get to quoting at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Premium is for state minimum liability coverage and excludes state fees and taxes. Rate not available in Massachusetts. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Whatever advances have been made in the hypothetical back engineering although um that's still theoretical it's romantic and it's possible and it may well be the case but could we human beings have gotten from where we were to where we are unaided at our best uh, something that bud hopkins used to point out who was an optimist about ultimately the western accomplishments in, and not so interested in comparing them to the esoteric equivalent from eastern philosophy that at our best we human beings are capable of making anything happen that we can imagine uh working together and in coordination and i think that's true i remember seeing a meme fairly recently maybe you saw it as a facebook friend posted it is a highly stylized picture of the pyramids with part of a profile of a gray alien looking at it and the text i think was if white guys didn't build it doesn't mean it was aliens and i'm all for that uh i think that there are many explanations for so called stuff that we just uh, more and more throw into that category and um i've been a guest on ancient aliens they've done some wonderful shows uh my old friend giorgio is now one of the best known ufo personalities in the world and his hair is the most famous ufo related hair in the world even more than yours and mine dave and i think the fact that the show is called ancient aliens 
has given them a challenge of trying to come up with stuff, although certainly many shows don't deal with that theme. But that impulse of, oh my gosh, there's an 18,000-year-old cave painting of a being with large, looming black eyes and lines coming off of them that must be energy, and it's got to be an alien. My first thought, I'm not an anthropologist, but my first thought is that could be charcoal, and those lines could be sticks coming off of a simple armature, kind of a mask for marking some arcane or completely lost to history moment. Um, again, where are we going? It's it's unsure. And anybody that tells you that they know, I, I would have to question. I think we are in the process of disclosure. I don't think it's going to happen in the way that many of us dreamt of or kind of fantasized about of world leaders going on television at the same moment and you know, the American president saying, it's my solemn duty to inform you that blah, blah, blah. We have to remember that the secrets started here. That that core of the national security state and other national security states that have kind of spun off all begins in 1947 in drawing the wagons around what was considered the greatest uh, security threat in the history of civilization, that the world would know that we're not alone. And who knows what they would do then? Religions would disintegrate, the stock market would crash, the petrochemical industry would fall, um, but maybe not. And it's that fear of the unknown, which, when you think about it, is the basis for all fear. Are we alone? It's not going to cause some of us to lose sleep if that is confirmed in some official way. Other people, their lives will change forever and it will be something that will cause a great deal of, of consternation. Um, I used to get, you know, in a bit of a snit or, you know, aggressively uh, argumentative when I was younger about people who just dismissed the possibility. I now... Um, tend to see them as somebody who is anxious, who is frightened about what may be because of it's that kind of revelation I had when I was 14 years old of looking up and seeing these things that I knew didn't exist, but there they are. Everything that I thought was true that the adult world had taught me or inferred was now open to question, and that was too much for me back then. It's too much for millions of people still. And we need to be compassionate as we move forward and do our best to help people step into an area where um, they're not intimidated about beginning their own education and their own search for knowledge in this field. We're starting to, you know, tune in people that we respect who have established themselves as fairly knowledgeable and fairly rational and hear what they have to say and then come to their own conclusions about it. Peter, I want to ask you another difficult question then. Do you believe in disclosure? Because I don't believe in disclosure anymore. I used to. I don't. Now, I think we are in for what I call a confirmation. But I don't. To me, disclosure means the modern day ufology from Roswell on out. We need to know the answers. That's what disclosure is to me. We're not going to get that. And this is why I'm wondering if we are more in a confirmation effort than a disclosure effort. So you, my friend, I'll put you on the hot seat here. 
do you believe in disclosure? Um, I believe it's happening and that it's happening in a way that can't really be controlled. It's not happening officially here. Uh, it is happening officially in certain other countries, certainly in countries in South and Central, uh, Central America, where the governments take this subject very seriously and have for decades. And it's almost unthinkable here that, um, uh, for, I'll give you an example, during the citizen hearing on uh, UFO disclosure at the National Press Club, I think in 2013 or so, or had the honor of presenting uh, along with 40 other international witnesses, um, two pilots, they were either Peruvian Air Force, Colombian Air Force, but they were still active pilots, had been given permission to go and testify. Uh, we all had um, headsets and listening to simultaneous translations. And they were talking about the fact that um, certainly, you know, their Air Force take the subject seriously. So did their elected officials. But if they had a day when they weren't being scrambled, when, uh, you know, they had duty on base, uh, they occasionally would get a request from a commander to go to such and such a local high school and to speak with the students there about the seriousness and the reality of the subject and that, um, you know, talk about their uh, being scrambled and getting close enough to see that these were not conventional aircraft. Um, <clears throat> so it's not for me a matter of belief as much as it's happening, but it's not happening arithmetically. It's happening geometrically. It's not happening geometrically. It's happening arithmetically every day in all corners of the world. People are having profoundly unambiguous sightings, contact experiences, positive and negative. And for each one, disclosure has happened. Um, they used to say that a, um, a conservative was a liberal who had been mugged, which I thought was very cute in the 80s. <clears throat> but somebody who is a skeptic, a debunker, skeptics are great. We all have to be, as we discussed earlier, our own best skeptic. A debunker, on the other hand, is somebody who has the intellectual arrogance to know that this is impossible. It can't be. The uh, mantra is, it can't be, therefore it isn't, therefore it's something else. Therefore, you're delusional or you live in the X-file zone of I want to believe. And I'm going to do my best to, you know, pat you on the head and explain how wrong you are. And that whatever it is, it can be explained away. Wrong. And again, the arrogance of that view, I find um, rather insulting, frankly. Uh, to be skeptical, bring it on. But disclosure is happening. At the same time, um, so is this confirmation process also happening one to 18 people at a time. What would change it? Well, they could change it any time they want. Um, why don't they land on the White House lawn, that old Kennard? Well, anybody that's seen The Day the Earth Stood Still knows why. Hello, welcome to Earth. Um, here's your first gift. <laughs> and, you know, science fiction can sometimes be great models for science reality and because we don't have models in reality that we can confirm to a degree. So... These things are happening, 
and they're accelerating and the effort to slow them down will accelerate. Again, it could all change overnight or it could just drag on for years. And I don't know. Um, I think, again, it's a very exciting time to be involved in this work, but it's also frustrating because, okay, we're here now, but we're still there to a degree as well. <laughs> well, I, I get that, and, and I can appreciate everything that you're saying. I mean, there is a naivety on what's going on right now. And, you know, I I really believe that, you know, from a journalistic background and, you know, in almost 20 years of journalism that I have done, I, I really feel, Peter, that that if the media cared about this subject, if they cared to learn about this subject, if they cared to ask true investigative questions about this subject, we would get more of a true disclosure than the games that we are being played. I mean, yes, it's great that we're not hearing X-Files theme songs anymore or... Are you a Jeep owner, or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Advocate for those who need support and make a difference in your community. Earn a Bachelor of Social Work from Grand Canyon University. GCU is a premier private Christian university offering online social work programs with affordable tuition and personalized support. In addition, you can earn your Master of Social Work by completing the Bachelor of Social Work plus just one additional year instead of two. Find your purpose. Visit gcu.edu slash socialwork to learn more. Or we're not seeing the laughter of the hosts after a UFO video. That is a big step up. Okay, that is progress. I think that needs to be commended. You know, when you see, you know, as much, there's the one guy, my audience will know this for saying this, but the one guy, you know, that I really want to punch in the face on the ice is Tucker Carlson. I can't stand him. Okay. Give Give me him at center ice. You know, I mean, I think he's in New York or wherever the hell he is. Just just give me a, like 30 seconds. That's all I want. But the one thing I will give Tucker Carlson credit for is he's really the only only personality because I don't call him a journalist. He is the only personality out there who refuses to drop the subject. But yeah. he hasn't asked any tough questions yet. We're waiting for him to ask those tough questions. Like all of this NASA stuff that's going on, this crap with NASA, that is perfect media fodder. Perfect media fodder. What's happening with no report since October 31st. That is, if it was any other topic besides UFOs, if it was healthcare, Mm -hmm. if it was military, if it was, you know, about abortion or whatever it may be, it would be mainstream news, but because it's UFOs, they don't get it. And I know why, yeah. because if I, I know you watched my presentation in Denver, it's because the media yeah. doesn't know how to cover this subject because they've I'm never sorry. wanted to cover it. But that being said, that plays right into the narrative. 
Okay, that's right. That plays right into the idea that the medium is the message. But if you control the media, you control the message, and that's where the danger begins for our topic. Uh, wise words, Dave. And the fact is that although we are now, let's say, uh, five years into this post-ridicule era, although it's not completely disappeared, there's 71 years that we were in it. And media people um, are cautious to a degree, they want to keep their jobs, they want to build their audiences, they want to sell more products and make more money, uh, you know, boost their network ratings. And some of them are still very uh, antsy about this subject. Others, like Carlson, know they've developed a niche that they don't even have to push further than they are. The fact that, oh my God, Fox, this huge, you know, juggernaut of a, a, a news compendium, uh, has somebody that's talking about this. How cool is that? You know, you find lesser uh, people who are not as identified with the subject as he is right now talking about it, you know, in their ideological enemy networks of, you know, uh, CNN, uh, CNBC. Um, and I don't know what what the next signal or the next flare that goes up will be to change it. Again, if they want to change it, it can be as simple as taking a wonderful science fiction model. You may remember, and I see we're coming into our, our end of our time, but it was, I think, in the 80s, um, a miniseries called V, as yes. in Victory. It was remade some years ago with more money and more effects. It's still, for me, to be kind, kind of fell flat. You know, you've got all of these super handsome and beautiful blow-dry model people in fabulous bodies who are here to help us with everything except, of course, their skin is latex. They eat mice. They eat us. They are not nice beings. Um, but it began with one of the greatest science fiction premises I have ever seen. I compare it to Jules Verne or H.G. Wells or um, uh, Roddenberry, which is one morning, everybody wakes up, and over the 50 biggest cities in the world, one mile up is a mothership, a mile across. Game over. All of a sudden, it's the post-disclosure world. It can happen that fast. Um, will it? Time will tell. Well, we're going to find out here very soon. we got three and a half minutes with you, Peter. Looking back at 2022 regarding the subject of UFOs, are you happy with the way the year has gone? Are you disappointed? Are you kind of come see, come saw on the way things are? Um, I, I think my wires are a little crossed with um, how things went in this past, this past year with the fact that my God, we were out in the world again after being locked down for about two years. Uh, it was wonderful to give talks this year in uh, New Hampshire, in Texas, in Colorado, in England, and feel like, you know, we're coming back. Um, it was pretty good. It could have been worse. But these key points that we've been discussing for the past hour and a half, these sticking points, these frustrations, these obvious ploys, these buying time, this soft selling 
um, this look over here, not over here, really informed uh, the year and may well inform next year as well. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how next year plays out because I do believe the UFO world and even a lot of the activists that have been involved on Twitter are starting to starting to add up the mm. facts that something doesn't seem right here. Something seems mm. off. I mean, here we are uh, cheerleading our way through, you know, supporting this cause over the last few years, but are we really getting what we need? And I think that I think we're going to be in for a rough year next year, Peter. I really do, because I think this subject, knowing the military wants to sweep it back under the carpet, the government wants says they want to open it up, but you never really know. Politicians talk out of both sides of their mouth. But I think you, we're really going to see over the next little bit here that um, that this subject is going to cause a lot of of strife in 2023 with a lack of truth. At the same time, it may be that people within the work um, are able to uh, reach more people, make more compelling presentations, and that the changes, if we're waiting for them to come from officialdom, you might as well just go to sleep right now and wake up in a bunch of years to check if things have changed. We can trust that it, they will do all possible to have the appearance of change, of movement, of revelation, but it will be very carefully stage managed. Nothing will come out that they don't want to come out. Um, we, the people, need to continue to do our own work, and it's been particularly gratifying for me, past half dozen years or so, to see this amazing new wave of talent, of younger people um, who are filling the ranks, who are becoming the next level, the next generation of broadcasters, of authors, of investigators, of researchers, of personalities in the work who are doing what they can to continue to reach out to the general public and at the same time um, produce results on their own. In that sense, I'm fairly confident about the future, at least, of uh, this counter-movement of um, educators, of media people, of self-starters. Oh, yeah. Peter, what an, an absolute privilege to speak with you tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much. Glad to. Find Peter's books on Amazon. Coming up next, the Timbit. Little Timmy Senor joins me for the anniversary part of this show next on Spaced Out Radio. Brilliancy at its best, Peter. Brilliancy at its best. Dave, it was a real pleasure. And even though um, it's late for me, um, I make my own hours, and I'm glad to return to the show. I would love you to do that, man. You know, I, Yeah, let's, um, you know, sometime late in the winter or wherever, a couple of months, Let's see where we are. Yeah. And um, if your audience likes it, glad to be a regular guest. Absolutely, my friend. And if you ever need me to speak on your show, you just reach out. I will be there for you. Great. My Thanks, friend, Dave. thank you so much. Much love and happy uh, holidays. Merry Christmas to you and Merry all your Christmas loved ones. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. And happy New Year. Take care. Peter Robbins. Bye for every- now. Peter Robbins, everybody. How awesome is he? How awesome is he? 
Just awesome. Well, look at this. We got the Timbit right there. Who Now, is he using the reverse camera today or not? Because the door is opening on the other side. Okay, now you're screwing me up. What's I'll do nothing else. Oh, <laughs> and there's the lip blade himself, Grantavius Maximus. Are you hanging out, or are you just here to say hi? Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with you for a little bit because you know I got the the official invite. Well, so a little birdie told me, you know, you should go on the show real quick and congratulate Dave on his eight years. And uh, this baby's getting old, man. I know. It's be awesome. <laughs> well, you're more than welcome amazing. to hang out at any time here. I love you, brother. <coughs> man. Man. What a great show. What a yeah, great, absolutely. great show. Peter is a stellar are you a Jeep owner, or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's person to interview and it was cool um i was actually with you i think was that your first time when yeah when we met him we met peter when he walked yeah. up to us and introduced himself and uh just a classy classy human being you know yeah so well spoken knowledge oh yeah, yeah. Well, look at look at jenny here hello tim bits <laughs> oh, I can't love believe it. that's stuck I love I it believe that's stuck. it's stuck Unbelievable. it is stuck yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soon it'll be a t-shirt soon oh, I can't I a t-shirt yeah it should be yeah, but it, a little it, smiling it, dough ball it is but I can't <laughs> there's a little bit of copyright infringement on that or no. Pixie Lara is going uh, South Park on us Timmy yeah that's yeah classic oh yeah <laughs> i think ever since that started i started hearing that everywhere i went perhaps see that's why i i, I figured classic. about that i figured he's probably heard that one a lot look at raz that, yeah. with, with the lip blade here look at that wow a lot of artistic skill there hi, hi picks <laughs> how are you man good to see you That is awesome. Can't believe it's been eight years, bro. As of today, yeah. it's amazing. I was so nervous. I was so nervous that first show. On the technical side, or the interview Both. side, or just you know, you know what? Yeah. My first show, uh, I was having uh, Alfred Lambermont Weber on. Oh, I was going to ask. That was going to be 
One of my questions, uh, should uh, we save, are we on commercial? Yeah, right we're now? on commercial. Let's save that for the show. I, I won't Let's go save into- that. Cause that was going to be my question who your first show was. Yeah. I'll go, cool. over, I'll go over that. Oh, uh, even the dating site came in to say hello, but uh, we're going to block them. <laughs> oh, searching for UFO love. Yeah. Yeah. They do that's hilarious. You don't want to be probed by us, buddy. Get out of here. No, uh, <laughs> we saved those for over on Spreaker where Bill WD40 is going to lube them up just for the show. Oh, <laughs> is that what Bill W does in the back there? That's his job. That's He's Bill WD. That's why do you think we run so smooth? It's because we're always lubed up from Bill WD40. <laughs> the green room. Yeah, I yeah. got it. <laughs> Now it all makes sense. Hey, if you've never tried Pepsi Mango, no, don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> it's horrible. There was nothing left in the fridge. I, I mean, wait until you little... try the one with coffee in it. No, yeah, that's no bogus no. too. No, <sighs> can't mess up a perfect so, thing. I'll tell you guys a so, quick. Uh, oh, we got twenty seconds left. A big thank you tonight to Stephen, Pam, Jeremy, Monica, Bob, Abe, W. Decker times two, W. David Page, Lala, Christina, Surf Jair times two, Mark, Deb, and Ollie for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate the love. Here we go, everyone. past the halfway point of Space Down Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in all around the world and I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we, we're starting early tonight on the UFO report. And I can't bring this guy in without playing his theme song here. Here's Tim Senor, our resident Timbit, as we kick off. Not the UFO report, but we're going to talk about the 8th anniversary tonight of Spaced Out Radio. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. I just love that. I, I love that intro, man. <laughs> it just it gets me going each it's and every time. Perfect. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, we're also joined by our good friend from After Hours, our weekend show, Grant Baker, otherwise known as Grantavius Maximus. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, joining on in. And you know what we're going to do is if you are in our current audience here, I'm going to let you guys come in. 
If uh, you guys want to come on in and, and be a part of the show, you're more than welcome to hop on in here. But, you know, it was eight years ago tonight where we launched Spaced Out Radio. And I had been out of radio at that point for approximately, oh, geez, 2014, seven years. When I left terrestrial radio back in 2007, it was really a heartbreaking decision for me. It really was, guys, because I loved radio. I love everything about radio. It's uh, ever since I I went to school at, at BCIT uh, to one of the best broadcasting uh, programs in Canada. Uh, I still have friends now who I went to school with who are teaching there now. I mean, it's kind of incredible. And, you know, it was a journey. It was a journey of learning and and living tight. And it it was scary, okay, because you learn very, very quickly that, for the most part, mainstream radio does not pay the bills. You know, you, you you don't think of things like credit or... Or you know, getting fancy things like a like a car loan, you know, you just don't think of things mm-hmm. like that when you are going through radio. Mm-hmm. And I worked my last seven years that I worked in radio. I worked with a, a gentleman who, uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I hate the guy. I absolutely hate the guy. And when I left because of him. I knew it was time to leave and I knew it was time to give up my dream of being in radio and it was time to get into a career, which I got into financing and that's all I'll say about that. Uh, It was time to get into a career where I didn't have to say no to my children anymore. I didn't have to, you know, I was, I, all of a sudden I went from, no, we can't go to McDonald's. No, we can't go to the store and get you new shoes. No, we can't go to, um, you know, do fun things because there was just no money there. Just no money. And I remember, guys, when I started in radio, I played at a poker game at my friend's house. I was the only one with a college education sitting at that table and there were 11 of us and I was the least paid by $17,000 annually at that table to the next guy at the table. All right. It was painful. It was really, really painful, but you know what? These experiences, which started for me in 2011, I had no intent of starting spaced out radio until a gentleman named Johnny Enoch in 2014 convinced me to get back on the air and, and start this show. And when I walked away from terrestrial radio in 2007, I literally had zero clue about internet radio, no clue. So when he came up to me, he's like, well, you know, Hey, let's start a radio show with you. I'm like, cool, but that's not going to work. He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you just can't walk into a radio show and say, or a radio station and say, hey, I'm going to broadcast from, at that point, we were only two hours a night. I'm, I'm going to broadcast from 9 to 11 each night, and you're going to pay me for this 
to do this show, and this is what we're going to talk about. So that's not how it works. He's like, no, man, there's this whole online radio thing that's been going on a few years, and, you know, who cares about the radio stations? The Internet has bigger reach and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, cool. Let's try it. And in six weeks, that was that conversation was on October 2nd, and in six weeks, we were ready to go for November 30th. It just came together. And it's been a blessing. It's been a curse. Uh, it's been a little bit of emotional at times. It's been hard. Uh, I've cried a lot. I've been mad a lot. Uh, you know, I've met some incredible people. I've had some incredible experiences and seen places that I never thought I would see or, or be able to go. And, hey, man. Eight years in, and I, I don't feel like quitting. I, That's good. I, I'm still having That's fun. Great. I'm still you having fun. And and on that note, um, I actually got you a little something. Um, Did you, do you mind me grabbing it? Yeah. All right. So the Tim so, uh, Tim Senior got you a little something something. There's a present there that yeah. I cannot open because you're in Oregon <laughs> and I'm in British Columbia. <laughs> right, and so I'm going to go ahead and open it for you, and then I'm going to send it to you, buddy. Okay. So here we go. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm right. ready. Drum roll. That's right. He's opening up. And the this paper. is from. This isn't just from me. This this is from everyone in your audience too. All right. But you know, I saw it. I was out shopping, and I knew <laughs> I had to get this for you. Oh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. It is. It is a beautiful toque of camouflage with faux fur on it. Uh, you know what? I wear that. Nobody... It's got a golden mouth on the back of it. A golden gray white that. shark mouth on the back. I am so enthralled with that right now. I will wear that during and the show. Definitely. And, and it's so cold out there. We all thought, you know, this is perfect. For oh, that is I perfect. saw this. Thank thought. you. Canadian bacon. Here we go, buddy. That is incredible. From all of us to you, buddy. We love you. Thank you. And thank you for your show. Thank you. Years of awesomeness. I will definitely wear that. I will definitely wear that when it gets here because I'll, I will tell you right now, it was cold today. It was minus 14 Celsius with probably a minus 10, uh, a minus 10 wind chill. Mm-hmm. So I was very... Very, very cold today. Uh, we have a listener calling in here, and th- there's our man, awesome. Dank, who's calling in. Dank, how you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? Good. And c- congrats on eight years. Here's to a thousand more. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, found, you- I found an, uh, a Bigfoot on, uh, what is this, Asia. It's a Bigfoot head. They put it on a coin. Like they think of our planet as a coin, and they printed their their portraits on on like our planet. Our, our planet is currency, bro. Google Earth has a picture of a Bigfoot head <laughs> on it, somewhere in, in between Europe and Asia. Yeah, where wait, where is this? Borders. Uh, oh, that is actually kind of that, cool. I've never seen that face before. On on the. Uh, all about perspective. That is some fantastic well, bad- paranoia. Grant. 
The bad thing is, is once you've seen that, Dave, you'll never unsee that again. Oh, check this out. Look, where, where's uh, check out Canada, dude. Like, can't, oh, man, I want to go check this out. Where's it at? Eh. One of these days, I'm going to make my way up here and see it. Like, there's some shenanigans. You got to turn the, the world around. You're upside down right now. Are you sure about that? I am 100% positive. <laughs> All perspective, right? I know where you're going with that. Look, can you see that? Can you see this this like alien esque head right here, and then it leads into like this next one right here. I think their art. I think they paint with their thing, and they like overlap their art, kind of like totem poles and right. graffiti artists like tag over each other. It's it's crazy. And it, like if you go out further, you can kind of make out more and stuff. And hold on, what island it, is you, that? What island is that? It's a Scots island. Or no, Lands Island. Okay. Next oh, to if it Scott. had been Scott's Island, that would have been perfect for today. Dave Scott. Yeah, it's no next kidding. to Scott Island. It's literally right next to Scott Island. Right there, there you go. Yeah, we need to buy an island. We need to buy. Okay, so. <laughs> buy this one. So if you are. Okay, so scroll up. Scroll up here. Uh, we'll take you to Dave's hometown where he's broadcasting from. So you're on the West Coast there. Now scroll back down. you got to turn the earth uh, uh, to, to 12 o'clock a little bit. There you go. He doesn't know where he is. So go go to your left a little bit because you're in Saskatchewan right now, and that's just flatland territory. They all wave at each other. The dogs never run away because you can always see them 20 miles away running. All right. Scroll into BC there halfway where it says British Columbia. Keep scrolling down. And then go south a little bit on this. So our friend Dank here has uh, has a, uh, a Google map too lo- too far. Now sc- uh, zoom in, zoom in, keep zooming. Keep now go to your east. Go to the east. Uh, no, that's west. The other east. There you go. Keep going. Keep going. And uh, where are we here? Oh, we're getting close. There you go. Yep. Now uh, head uh, south just a little bit. Just a, oh, too much. Too much. Way too much. <laughs> okay. Uh, now zoom in even further. Now uh, if you go north a little bit and to the east, northeast. Northeast. And right there. Right in there. Where? What is that? We got to find the highway. That's not the highway here. Hold on. Yeah, keep going. E- oh, keep going east just a little bit. There's Davy's hometown, just south, right there. There it is. Looks, looks cold even from here. <laughs> yeah, that's the hometown. So where that big black spot is, right in the middle there. That's uh, that's that, Dave. No, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the town pond. Of hundred mile house, the hockey rink right beside it. Oh yeah, cool. that's the main drag. I, I will show you where the one and only Tim Hortons is. So you got to head to uh, north a little bit, and uh, yeah, there you go. Head north. Stop, stop, uh, and zoom in. Zoom I in. saw it. There's Tim Hortons. There's Tim Hortons right there. You got your arrow. Right oh, inside. bro, there's one right next to Tim. You see the eye? They're everywhere. It's a portrait. He's, like, looking at Tim Horton. He, this guy wants some Tim Hortons. You see him? He's right here. I don't see him, but I sure see there's that a, Tim Hortons. Sad part for my town, the Tim Hortons has been closed for one month for renovations. It's terrible. Terrible right now. But nonetheless, that's that's hometown headquarters right there. Hometown HQ. So if you zoom on out, you can see how much forest 
there is between me and the other cities. So I literally am in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Dank, thank you so much for coming on in. We're going to send you back to your computer here. And we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Yes. All right. Let's say hello to Enzo. Enzo always has the best hair of our audience here. There he is. There he is. Enzo, your your hair is... I actually need to get a cut. Now, Enzo, I, I want I want you to do me a favor, if you don't mind, you know, because sure. you were at our Vegas party la- earlier this year, and yes, I was, and you hit it big time there. You hit it big time. You know, I did. What was that like? You know, snapping that slot machine for like I think you want like Look twenty that. twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty five hundred oh. bucks you want. That was beautiful. Yeah, that- that picture right there, uh, Dave actually took that picture. I That's, did take uh, the picture. <laughs> that was the first wave. Uh, I just was playing some slots. Uh, you and uh, Ben Liz- and Joe from UFO. Right? Yeah. Finn oh, Lizzie was, was there? Everybody was there. Uh, and uh, I went across the craps, no, uh, roulette table to try and get a good picture of you guys. But the crowd was so thick I couldn't get back. I was like, eh. And the high roller slots were right behind me. He's like, yeah, I'll throw a 20 in and lose all my money and then I'll figure out how to get it back. And uh, it just started hitting and it kept hitting and it kept hitting. And they were, it was the $5 slot is what I was playing. And it hit and it hit. And after about like the, you know, and I was only doing like the single line. And then when I got up to like two or 300, I started like doing all lines. And after about the 10th or 12th uh, spin, alarms started going off and sirens were happening and lights were flashing. I was like, what happened? Get the little thing that comes up on the screen. It's uh two thousand and twenty some dollars. Uh, a wait for attendant to uh, hang out. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, I was like waving for you guys. Like, hey, see, you know, I, I, that was actually my biggest win on the slots. I usually, you know, I've gotten like a few hundred here and there before, but nothing like that. And the other thing is, and it, you know, of course, they got a you got to fill out a tax form and they got to check your ID and there's other you know paperwork you have to do. And uh, then they come out with a big stack of, actually, I still got some of it here, a big stack of bills, <laughs> big stack of bills. Look at that. Vegas cash. cash. Oh, I yeah. love it. You should always, everyone should always, I'll get about it so you can see. Everyone should always have emergency cash on hand, which is the only reason to go to Vegas because, you know, they just give it to you. It's so really easy. Gambling <laughs> stuff is all about. People say it's so hard. I just, Party at Enzo's house. <laughs> Enzo, do you, rec- do you recommend our audience members come hang out with us in Vegas for the second annual one this year? Oh, yes. Uh, if if not to see, uh, of course, Dave, with wonderful eight years, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, all the guests that you run into, I mean, uh, days before the actual live show, I'm chatting with, uh, you know, Strat and Goodall and you know, everybody else that was just hanging around that came in a few days early. And it was amazing times. But my favorite part was actually getting to meet all of the folks in chat in real life and have actual, you know, face to face conversations. I absolutely loved it. It was my favorite part. You know, I, I, that that is one of the most special parts, because, you know, like I most of those people I had met personally that like our special guests who who had arrived there were a few that I hadn't but it was actually meeting the fans 
meeting the fans there oh, and yeah. being able to take pictures and shake some hands and you know give a few hugs out you know i mean that was the the ultimate for me and that's why like we opened it up to everybody we opened it up to everybody to be there and and just have some fun it's a different dynamic are you a jeep owner or do you want to come watch a jeep parade either way west baton rouge has you covered friday december 2nd it's the jingle jeep parade Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's than what other people doing it's not a it's not a conference it's it's you know all of a sudden being able to say hey uh jim goodall or science bob or or whomever you know do you mind can we go for lunch and you go for lunch with people who you've only seen on tv or listened to on the radio or seen at conferences and and there they are sitting with you like a regular human being and you get to talk some aliens or you get to talk some some bigfoot or paranormal I, I mean, can you imagine how the crowd's going to react when Merle, you know, is there? You know, they're going to be like, Merle, Merle. Everybody needs their their own Merle T-shirt. Could hang out with Carter Bouchard and get, you know, sign books by, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I met Carter uh, our first night there. We all went to dinner together. Uh, Dave and Carter and uh, Science, Science Bob and quite a, quite a few others. And uh, to be fair, Carter and I, we were on the cool end table but uh we've uh had a blast you know making jokes and just people watching and stuff like that and just you know regular people oh look at that oh, yeah, this is a lazar shirt too yeah my bob lazar shirt that's for sure that is you know we're gonna have a few more activities uh this year i i know uh carter is going to be putting together a poker tournament for anybody who wants to play so I, I'm in on that. I am so playing in on that. I believe there's going to be a Skywatch. Uh, we're going to have, uh, for any VIPs, we're going to have a VIP package. Uh, and you know what? 100 bucks for the VIP package. That's it. That's actually really cheap. You go to a conference these days for a weekend conference, VIP, it's like 300 400 bucks. Right. Yep. Or if not more. And you know what? For a hundred bucks, you get your VIP. You get a swag bag with that, and you you get to uh, come to a VIP event that we're going to hold on the Friday night in Vegas. And uh, uh, I believe Kira and I are working on putting that together in regards to it. And it's going to be a, a, a fun time, man. It's going to be a fun, fun time. And and you and if you're lucky enough, we may even have an event where you get to pick out. Enzo's next Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. I will bring a selection. <laughs> yes. They're very, so, they're very popular there amongst the uh, ladies of the night. <laughs> Unknown to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, my. 
Oh my. Beacon. But it's a good story, though. <laughs> it is. But you know, literally what? getting chased out of the bar. But, but you know what? It it is uh, it, it is an exciting time, and I I, I ever I will be honest with you. I think about it every day. Every day, I know we are one day closer to May 19th through 21st, 2023 at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. And we have got a room. There's going to be a six to seven hour live YouTube show uh, that night where we are going to be broadcasting. And uh, all of our team, 100% of our team is going to be there. And uh, you're going to get to meet them. Uh, we're going to get banners put up so that way people can get pictures taken in front of banners. And we're going to get uh, we're going to make it a lot more viable this year, so that way a lot of people can uh, can uh, find their their favorite people, get pictures with them, get autographs, get everything that you need. And hey, afterwards, let's all go for a drink. How about that? Whether you beautiful, I love it. I love it. Cheers. And Dave, it makes me laugh every time I think about it, but what's the song that runs through your head as you're perhaps on the plane about to land in Vegas? What's my song? What's that song? What's that song that's running through your head? I have two. I have two. (laughs) Number one is Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Number two is Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue, because... Every time I landed, Ve- honestly, every time I land in Las Vegas, it feels like I'm home, like it is my second home. And I would absolutely, I, I love where I live because it's just an incredible place where I live. But if I were to move again, I'm moving to Vegas. I'm I laughed so hard when he told me that. I was like, I can't even imagine. It would be like a a a stick of butter just being thrown into a pan. It's so hot there. And, and here's Dave coming from Canada, right? And it's just like, I don't think you get it. It's still so hot there, man. Are you sure? You just melt by just like exiting buddy, the vehicle. Buddy, there's air conditioning everywhere, number one. <laughs> and number two, number two, I can go riding my side-by-side with my, my cousin lives in Vegas. Uh, yeah, my cousin looks like Bob Vila. And so I call him Bob Vila. Cousin Bob, he lives in Vegas. He has a side-by-side. I have a side-by-side. And we'll go riding in the mountains until it's time to hit in for the show. You know? There you go. Yeah. And <laughs> when in, in doubt, every house has nice. a pool. Every house has a pool. So that's okay. Gen- gentlemen, Nicole I'm gonna... Sackage dancing out there, too. Hello, Nicole. I'm going to get all of you guys to hold yeah. on right there because... We are going to go to break here. We have one more hour, and I know Tim has a bunch of questions for me about the history of Spaced Out Radio. It is our eighth anniversary of the Mighty SOR. I remember the nights when we had 10 to 15 listeners on the lowly blog talk radio, and here we are now, seven terrestrial radio affiliates, over thousands upon thousands of people listening to us on a nightly basis All of you, it's a special, special kind of people that takes your listening to SOR, that's for sure. All right, we are clear. We are Awesome. Congratulations, Dave. This is fantastic. Oh, dude. You know, I I really look forward to uh, the Vegas trip. You know... Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you one of the memories because he's in the chat room tonight. Uh, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Fantastic hair, by the way. 
fantastic hair. And uh, he was rocking a Hawaiian shirt, too. But it was after the conference, because I didn't get to, even though I was sitting right up front, I didn't get to see everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot going on. And then afterwards, I walked downstairs, and everybody was kind of in a couple of different restaurants. I'm kind of bouncing. And and I, Mark runs in me. He goes, like, Dave Scott, I was just there. Mark Sanchez from your chat room. It, it was one of the most important times because I didn't see him there. Not that I would know what Mark looked like because I had never met him before. But it was just one of those happy moments that we were able to come together. And he's like, man, I, I, I made up these stickers for you. And, and can I give you some? And I'm like, yeah, man. And, you know, did you have a good time? And we had a great chat and, you know, just got to hang out with him. Or, or you know, you get to see like Obi Flett from our chat room. That dude's a monster. Like he's at <laughs> he's at least two fifty to two seventy, he's a big big muscular man, right? Yep. And, and he's just he's just a hey bad Obi flat, and I'm like I'm like hey dude what's going on like don't crush me you know, <laughs> you know and and uh, Chris Holm who does some incredible art you know him being there and and Science Bob and and Nicole and and. You know, Melinda and 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 Lorian and Jim. I mean, just Nate Rudd and and Hallmark being there and and Carter. You know, and I got to make a list here because I know there's a lot of people coming back from last year, but I know there's going to be a few new people coming in as well. I just got to start preparing a list uh, here pretty quick on who people will get to meet, but it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely great. I look forward to it. One of my, one of my favorite things too was uh, getting right to hang out with. Uh, I'll be right back, guys. You with guys dirty, chat. with dirty filth for a little bit, and actually got you know a little mini filth original. Uh, that's there. cool. That was the lizard. Yep. Oh, that's funny. You got the lizard. I got the oh goodness, the monolith or megalith or something like that. And uh, you can get his book of filth on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. In yes. fact, here's what it looks like. Just for anybody that wants to know, this is Cryptic Cartoons by Dirty Filth. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. There's a couple other places you can find it as well. He also just came out with a calendar the other day. So look for that. Oh, that's going to be awesome. awesome. Calendar. That's great. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. yeah just, just getting to see all the people from the chat was my favorite part. There was a point uh, during one of the nights. It was, it was it was the Saturday. It was after the show, the live taping. Or the live recording, rather, and uh, a group of the folks in the chat, which you know, was the first time I met him, literally like grabbed me. He's like, "Hey, come out, come out, come out here where we can talk." That was the one downside of where we were at is everywhere is loud, so we're actually having a conversation in the middle of the casino floor because that was the quietest place. But it was literally it's like, "Hey, we we want to tell you our story. We want to hear your story because we know you're not gonna like snicker at us or laugh at us." It's we're all the same here. You're at least going to hear us out and you know give us your thoughts and all that. And we want those thoughts. And it was just four of us that we went one at a time around our little circle. And you know there was a you know, a ghost thing, and it was a UFO thing, it was a shadow person story. There was a, all of these stories of things that everyone had personally encountered, and we all got to share in that. And I, I loved it. I I could have sat there for the rest of the night doing exactly that. Yeah, that's the best. It was a, hey. it was a lot of fun. We should have Nicole jump in so that she's here. 
for Dave. Yeah, I see her in the chat. Nicole, jump in. <laughs> he probably loved to high five you today of all days. Um, yeah, Vegas is fun. I mean, the the funny thing is, uh, for me, the only time I won, Dave had just gone up upstairs to his room, and I was like getting rid of whatever I had left in my pockets. And I had a couple of win tickets, and so I was spending those, and I won five hundred bucks. And and I was like, nice. oh, should I tell Dave? And I'm like, no, nah, I, I should not tell Dave because it was like one of those things we had, you know, not really seriously gambled, but we pissed away, you know, like maybe two hundred bucks. And so it was just one of those things. I decided not to tell him. I didn't tell him until I was like home. <laughs> I just was like, <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, oh man, I just. And it was like one of those things where you're not even trying. You know, yep. I was like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. On I'll, on I'll mine, work. when uh, I still had like $300 in the machine uh, after they paid me out, and I've got I just my hands were just full of paperwork and you know, money and stuff like that. Right. So I'm trying to find pockets for it, and I'm just hitting the play all just to get rid of the money that was on the machine. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm like hungry. Let's go. And everybody's eyes were this big. I look, and it was like, had gone back up to six hundred dollars. I know. And you're like, like oh man, I'm never me? gonna get out of here, dude. You kept hitting <laughs> yep. on that machine. I actually hit. Well, after it, I, after after that, I hit a you know a couple of max bets, and it dropped immediately down to four hundred. Like that's it. I'm out. Cash out. Four hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that's the way they work. Yep. Uh, tonight has been yeah. a very special night for super chats tonight. I want to make sure I get everybody in. Vaughn, Kira, Surf Jair times two, Ollie, Deb, uh, Mark, uh, Christina, Lala, W. Decker times two, W. David Page, Monica, Jeremy, Pam, Science Bob, Mennonite Abe, and Steven. Thank you so much for the love. Steve Wolf as well. Thank you so much. Here we go with the third hour, guys. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight my name is dave scott thank you so much for joining us it's our eighth anniversary here and i got some special guests here with us tonight hanging on out being a part of it and enjoying the fun earlier we had peter robbins on talking about ufos this half we are going uh, just going through memory lane here tonight about all the fun stuff we have talked about over the years on Spaced Out Radio. And I want to say thank you and hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates across North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button as we are encroaching on 20,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, and we'd love it if you hit subscribe on that as well. The Desert Clam has hit the set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Yagna, Yagna is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we got a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. 
And we're going to continue with the after or the after hours show here. You know, well, it's not really after hours. We're still kind of going here, you know, with hour number three of the show. But there's a lot of people I want to say a big thank you to right now. I want to say a big thank you to a couple of people who you may not know their names, but they are mentors and they are real, uh, real, real supporters of what we do on Spaced Out Radio. My my business partner, Ashy who is, you know, nobody's ever met him. He's, you know, he's a short little ugly troll of a man. He really is. All right. Uh, he, he is, you know, he, he's addicted to rock and roll. He's seen Iron Maiden, I think, 162 times. I'm not even exaggerating on that number. He flies all over the world to watch Iron Maiden and the Scorpions and Def Leppard. Those are his three favorite bands. You know, but Ashy and I have been friends for, oh my goodness, 21 years, 20 years almost. And when I needed some help to really try and get Spaced Out Radio off the ground in 2018, I messaged him and I said, bud, I have an idea. And this is what I think. And he knew me from a sports radio days uh, in Vancouver, and he's like, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. And we've been doing it, man. And he's he's my silent partner behind Spaced Out Radio, and I, I really, really uh, want to give a, a shout-out to him. He owns a, a bar in Vancouver called the Vancouver Moose, which is right downtown, and, and he is... Uh, you know, every time we talk, he's very excited about how our audience is growing and how everything is uh, is uh, moving forward. And, you know, we're a small business, you know, we are, but but we're make, starting to make some headwaves here going into year number eight or I guess, yeah, number eight here. And, uh, you know, without him, I couldn't do this. You know, he's been there through the times when I've been excited. He's been through the times when I've wanted to say that's enough. I, I I've had enough and he has never, ever shot me down. He's been a backbone to me. And the other person that I would love to uh, really congratulate and, and thank is a gentleman named Chuck Contreras. And now Chuck owns one of our radio stations in Ridgecrest, California called KZAX or my Canadian accent, KZAX. Okay, and, you know, I was looking for some uh, technical help because I'm not the most technical guy, and I really needed some technical help. And he met, and, and so I went in this, in this group, uh, this uh, uh, radio group, and I said, I need some help with some editing and stuff. I, I have a few questions, and he messaged me. He's like, how can I help you out? Well, that turned into a four-hour conversation on the phone. And he had told me he, you know, for the last 30 plus years, he had been a talk show host in Texas, uh, came to California. He's worked in television and radio, owns the radio station. And he goes, and I asked him, would you critique Spaced Out Radio and tell me what you think? Tell, tell me what you really believe. The next day, we talked for another two and a half hours. And his first words out of his mouth were, I want this show on my radio station. I want my show, this show. And that was really our second radio station next to Ryan O'Neill at uh, WQEE in Noonan, Georgia. And it was, it was incredible because Chuck is, has been just, no matter what time I call, he's right there for us. 
and he has been absolutely amazing. So, Chuck Contreras, thank you. And I want to say thank you to our other terrestrial affiliates, Jody Panu and Praveen at uh, Saga 960 in Mississauga, Ontario, Len Novin at the Bull and the Rattler in Apache Junction, uh, to the team in Bellingham at KZAX. Uh, we love you guys, and thank you so much. You know, we're growing, and we're trending in the right direction. And, you know, we may never be as big as other shows out there, but our job is to provide strange entertainment for you, to, for all of you to be able to ride the woo train, hear some weird, strange stories of that are that get you away from your daily life. And, and one of the focuses when we started taking this seriously was really, guys, for us to try and give people a break from their everyday lives. And where I learned that from was listening. I mean, we were all fans back in the day of Art Bell. God bless Art Bell. Mm -hmm. And none of us would know this programming if it wasn't for Art. And the one thing that I will say, guys, is this. Uh, My job here is easy. I just get to talk to people. But what what we do on a nightly basis is we try for three hours a night to take people away from what you are hammered with by the mainstream media, by your work. You know, everybody is sick of politics. We're sick of COVID. We're sick of of arguing with our neighbors. We're sick of, of everything that is going on because life is hard right now. Financially, it's hard. Uh, for a lot of people out there who are who are just stressing, people are having to take second jobs just to pay the rent or the mortgage, let alone put food on the table. And we are able to give people that escape. Escape from a, a one reality into a different reality where we talk a lot of strange, weird things here and, with weird experiences. And it's a breath of fresh air. Every night when we come on this show, and Grant, uh, you're starting to notice this now, uh, running the After Hours show, the importance of what we do on a nightly basis here really does, you know, transfix what we are doing. And we've had some great hosts, great volunteers over the years. You know, I think of Lynn Wallington, who is absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, I think of, of, uh, you know, Big Willie. Big Willie. As well, I, I think of a lot of other Tessa Nicole Thomas, Elizabeth Anglin, uh, Dave Cruz. Over the years, there's some mistakes that we made. We're not going to mention those, but you know, hey, when you're a growing business, you, you, you are bound to have some have some great people and then have some doozies. And we've had some doozies. Uh, we'll just uh, say that, you know, I mean. But the main thing is, you know, Rich Giordano uh, was another great host for us. Um, Just going. Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. 
Popeye's driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Through the list here, um, but nonetheless, it's been a real breath of fresh air to be able to be here nightly. And Tim, I know you got a bunch of different questions that you want to ask. I know you were preparing for this, so fire away, man! Fire away. Sure. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Bud, and congratulations again. Um, I know your audience is buzzing tonight. It, it's got a great vibe in your audience, I must say. Uh, you have so much love and support. And you got to know that every bit of love that's coming from you to your audience is totally reciprocated. And, you know, as myself being a longtime audience member before I was ever on your show, I mean, your show offers a lot of guidance. You know, it's not all woo, you know, and you have incredible guests and your style is very easy. So you get a lot of the truth out of your um, interviews and it's just, it's great. I wouldn't change a thing. You're dynamic, my brother. Thank you. Um, And so absolutely. Um, And the fact that you, you know, look a little bit like my favorite human on the planet, Jerry Garcia, (laughs) um, doesn't hurt at all. Uh, I mean, there's just that, but anyways, um, so keeping to your origin story, um, I would love to know the uh, the origin of the perfect name for your show, Spaced Out Radio. Oh, goodness. How did we get that? We wanted to come up with something that nobody else was using that really kind of fit the form of the format that we wanted. Uh, I was going through, at that time, a lot of UFO stuff. Personally, uh, I had just been taken for the first time that I knew of. And I wanted something that was going to capture that. I, you know, there were a couple of other names that we were going with. Uh, it was more Canadiana. It was more West coast kind of stuff. It, you know, and it just didn't fit. And one, one night it was just like, you know, I wonder if spaced out because people are kind of spaced out at times at night and, you know, uh, you never know. I mean, we're cat. We're at a nighttime audience. Some people will be having a drink before bed or a hoot or whatever you do. And, you know, we're going to bring them some weird spacey type topics. And that's how it's the name kind of formed. Yeah, it, it works on so many levels. And I think your audience gets it on all those levels. It's just great. It's such a perfect fit. Um, and so I guess my next question for you would be, um, and you kind of answered it a little bit. How close is your personal experience motivated this show? And perhaps um, how close is some of these topics to the bone for you? Is this this why you did the show? I did the show originally and started this show originally to, to try and find out answers from people who had been researching this a long time. You know, but the problem that I had when I was doing my own research on everything, I would find things that were similar, 
but never exactly what I experienced. And it frustrated me. It frustrated me to the point where, you know, I thought a lot of these people would have answers, whether it was Stanton Friedman, whether it was Laurie and Fenton or Melinda Leslie or Danny and Brinkley or, or, uh, you know, Bill Bean or, or a lot of these people who we've interviewed over the years, Grant Cameron, uh, Paul Hellyer. And the one thing that I learned was they may have a lot more knowledge about the events of the subject, but nobody is close to the answers. There's not a soul of us that are close to the answers. There are some people who I have met. Okay, Geraldina Roscoe is very, very uh, tight with me because her and I have experienced a lot of the same things. A new person who we just had on the radio a couple months ago in Lily Nova, I, she reminds me so much of my good friend Samantha Mowat, who I had the alien experience with in the forest. Uh, you know, I look at all of these these people and everybody has their own game or their own dynamic of what they bring to the table. And, you know, look, I absolutely love, love a lot of the topics that we talk about. I could talk about it every single day. I really could. Okay. And, and granted, I do, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but in my da- in my daily life, this has become a part of me. It's who I am. Uh, we got an audience question here coming from Kelly. Uh, what t- what topic or phenomena remains your most favorite, and why? Uh, I love. There's a couple things I love. I love interviewing people who are experiencers, people where you may not know their name. Okay, but this has affected them so greatly like recently we just did uh nicole uh she's called the ufo on twitter you know she she felt you know after years of listening to us that we were the ones that she wanted to tell her story to i love stories like that allison yellow knee uh another great uh listener who uh, her and her family are First Nations in northern Alberta, where their entire family and relatives on their reserve have all been affected by the UFO phenomena. I love stories like that. Uh, the stories that I would love to cover more of that really intrigue me, I love time travel. Because I do believe there are time travelers here. Im- immortality. Because I do believe there are immortals here. Where they are, I have no idea. Um, I would, you know, I love telepathy because I do believe that we all have that ability to do it, you know, but those would be my four favorite topics of what we do on a nightly basis. So thank you for your question, Kelly, who was recently a guest on this show as well, you know, but you you meet some interesting people. You do. I mean, our Keith Andrews, I mean, that resident weirdo, I absolutely love him. I I absolutely love him. And, and, you know, a lot of people who listen to him will say, this guy's a complete nut bar. But you get to know him on a personal level, and then all of a sudden he tells you what's going on or what's going to happen, and that experience happens, it blows your mind. Right. I'm going to go ahead and run into my next question. If that's okay. Yeah, go right ahead. And 
So uh, you've interviewed thousands of people. You've done a ton of shows. And you've had some incredible guests with incredible stories. So you kind of brushed on this a little bit as well. But could you tell me perhaps what you've learned? What, what big, what's the big thing that you, you can say in a positive or negative way? What's, what can you say you've learned from all this work that you put into this show? Uh, just trying to figure out. We were getting a little feedback there. Uh, I don't know if it's from Grant. Grant, it might be you, or is it uh, you, Timmy? I don't know. I know it's not Enzo because he's got like a million-dollar studio there. Uh, what have I learned from this? I, I, To be honest with you, I've learned that we will never get the answers. I've learned that the experiencers are a hell of a lot more uh, – are a hell of a lot more – knowledgeable than what they are given credit for. I think experiencers, whether it's of the paranormal, especially of the UFO, are are way, way more knowledgeable about what's going on than uh, what we truly know. And that yeah. is absolutely incredible to, to learn. Uh, the disappointment of it all is knowing that people can't see the trees through the forest and knowing that they're being played when it comes to disclosure, you know, there are certain things that piss me off. Like I could get nitpicky here. The minute paranormal investigators use the word science. I, I know from the majority of them that they haven't done a science experiment since high school. And, <laughs> and they are, you know, I mean, I don't say that to be rude, but you're not conducting anything scientific. You know, stop stop yeah. lying to yourself to make yourself look better. I you know, I've been disappointed with the with um you know, a lot of the groundwork from from groups like the BFRO that are are editing their reports for the sake of of you know, Repu- what they feel is reputation, okay? Mm-hmm. Because they they don't want the woo. They don't want the story of Bigfoot vanishing right in front of the the eyewitness, or a UFO flying over, or orbs surrounding a uh, a Sasquatch. They don't want that, so they edit their reports. Well, guess what? Your all of your stats are garbage. All of them. Every single statistic and report you take is false. And, and that is disappointing to me. But okay. it's not always about the negative. You know, we, we could dwell on the negative because nothing is ever fixed in these fields. But there's a lot of positives too, okay? The positives right. of meeting some great people who've experienced something that they that is so out of imagination that they can't even tell whether they're coming or going. And right. I and I like bringing that emotion. Like a lot of times, you'll hear me use the term with with an experiencer. How did it feel? How do you feel? Because I want that personal connection with that person for our audience to know how they were affected by this phenomena. And once we all figure out that this is real, you are literally looking at something where we can grow. Because Tim. 
I may have a quarter of the answer. Enzo may have a quarter of the answer. Grant may have a quarter of the answer. You may have a quarter of the answer. But if we don't come together and talk about it, how are we supposed to figure it out? And that's exactly. what's important. Totally agree. Totally that's agree. great. And what a great answer. Um, so you've inspired thousands of people to look into topics that normally they're a little uncomfortable with. And so we've talked about things between just the two of us of how we can expand the platform. And I'm wondering to you, sir, in your ideal situation, you have the world at your fingertips. You can inspire millions using this platform. What would be the one message you would like to convey perhaps to the next generation or to everyone that's out here? Just maybe a personal note, but just, you know, this is just a moment for for you. If you're getting into this field, okay, and trust me, there are more good people in this field than there are bad people. And there are some not-so-good people, or there's some good people in there who do some not-so-good things. Okay? Number one, if you're going to start a podcast or a radio show or a YouTube channel on these subjects, be professional. Okay? Don't sit there and and eat your yogurt or have an ice cream cone or have a steak right while you're there. Number two, be sober. If you're having guests, be sober. All right, because the most important thing that I've learned in this whole in this whole journey is time. Everything has to do with time. Like we're coming to a commercial break in 30 seconds. We have to time that out, okay? But when someone gives you their time, whether it's in the audience or whether it's a guest, respect that time. Respect their time that they are giving you. And I think it's a lost art, you know, with everybody and their dog these days having a podcast because they want to get their opinion out because they're frustrated that, you know, they haven't found a a radio show or a YouTube channel that suits their niche, they start their own, which is great. I will encourage that all the time. But stop acting like a know-it-all, because nobody knows everything, and respect people's time. We'll continue that when we return on Spaced Out Radio. We're celebrating the 8th anniversary of the Mighty SOR. Hard to believe we've been on the air 8 years, talking about all the things that go woo in the night. And we'll be back for the final half hour of this show when we return. Stay tuned. You know, but getting back to my getting back to my point there is like when I train Grant or I've tr- tried to train other hosts, it really is about being conversational. You know, stop with the bullshit aha katcha moments. We don't need those because a lot of times what's happening in society, we see it on social media. You can have an entire page of notes. But there's all these people out there that want to focus on the one little controversial sentence. They're not worried about the lead-up to that sentence or the explanation of that sentence. They just want that aha, katcha moment. And that drives me nuts. It drives me nuts in society. It drives me nuts uh, on this show because I've had people, Hey, no politics on this show. Why are you talking politics? Well, right now UFOs are political, so we're going to go down that road. 
You know, we're going to go down that road. We're not talking about budgets for food or health care or, or crime or, or military. You know, we're not talking that. We're talking UFOs. But nobody, somebody wants to give you that aha, caught you moment. You're talking politics. You're breaking your own rules. You know, piss off. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, that's what uh, I don't I, like. You know? If uh, if either of you guys have anything, please. I'm sorry I'm dominating stuff. I just, I came <laughs> kind of prepared for Dave, so please. Those were great questions. Yeah. yeah. I, I just have one that I'll, I'll hold off on, but uh, okay, it's, cool. it's along along the same rounds of uh, the last one you had. But oh, and, more, ask more away. We got we got like three and a half minutes out. Go for it. Oh, my my question was going to be that uh, you, you mentioned time travel earlier. It made me think. Okay, if you had like that elevator pitch type moment, just a few seconds, what would twenty twenty two Dave say to eight years ago, Dave, as advice Ooh. for? the show <laughs> tasty uh i one part i'm not allowed to say on the air okay. one part i'm not allowed to, i think i know that part you know that's great um yeah you know probably the big thing is this you're going to go through a, a lot of ups and downs uh you're you're going to be uh you're going to be frustrated uh, you're going to have the, a lot of moments where you think you've taken those two steps forward, but you're taking one step back. It's not three steps back. It's one step back. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people uh, who love you, who are going to to move on to their own projects and leave you hanging. And you know you're going to you're going to put a lot of trust and faith in people who don't really have your trust and faith in return um been through that a few times you're you're going to not and of course you're gonna whisper very quickly avoid chipotle in june <laughs> yeah exactly you're gonna meet some incredible people along the along the way um you know you're gonna become more fickle like for instance, I don't believe Enzo when somebody when somebody who I've never heard of and I see it all the time on Twitter and Facebook, yeah, the the helicopters are flying over my house or I got followed by black SUVs and I sit there and think I do this every day publicly with my face on camera and there's only been one time that I know of that my phone has been tapped. Okay? One time that I know. And that was a cool experience with Everett Themer, where literally we were telling the person to hang up on us, like literally, <laughs> literally hang up the call. And I think it was after the fifth or sixth time that that had happened, that they finally got bored of us and, and stopped. But we knew it was a, we knew it was a, uh, uh, you know, CIA. I mean, then you take, th <clears throat> excuse me. Then you take things with a grain of salt. Like I remember when I talking to Rick Doty one time where he said that, you know, that there were there were at minimum six people per night listening to this show in, in D.C. You know, but from from the alphabet agencies when we had certain topics on. So we we're talking UFOs. They're listening. He gave me the name of a guy named Gene. Now, is Rick telling me the truth? Because I think that's kind of cool. You know, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as they're hitting like and subscribe, that's that's great. absolutely <laughs> that's six, that's if you're an alphabet agency, you know. I don't believe your crap about disclosure, but hey, hit subscribe and the like button. Give us a thumbs up if you don't mind. And we do take super chats from agents, you know. But you know, you know, probably the biggest mystery. We got like fifteen seconds here. The biggest mystery I have because I see all the, the 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 nicknames in the chat room. I always wonder: Is there somebody famous in our chat room that just wants to be normal? Hold on, guys. Here we go. Interesting. third we're heading for home tonight on spaced out radio good to have you with us my name is dave scott very much appreciate it want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you <coughs> excuse me Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Right on, right on. (laughs) Yep, we continue on. Got a little frog in my throat there. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but Celebrating eight hey, years with Dave years. Scott. I'm, I'm all verklempt and emotional here. You know, what am I supposed to do? My goodness. Well, you, you have a sip on that while I prepare my next question for you. Ooh, because nice um, I wasn't there. I wasn't one of the 15 original members of your chat on that faithful night. Eight years ago, exactly today. So could you tell me a little? Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's bit about your very first show and who your guest was and how you were nervous perhaps and preparing and if you there were any fumbles of the ball and if you dropped the mic and i need to i need beats (laughs) oh well (laughs) let's see um alfred labramont weber who has turned into a giant very strange and i mean that politely conspiracy theorist was guest number one 
And how did you meet him? I May met him I just at a interject? conference. Johnny Enoch. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Johnny Enoch, who helped me set up this show, okay. was a uh, friend of Alfred's and had Alfred speak at his UFO conference in Vancouver that I emceed. And uh, I asked Alfred, would you be my first guest? And he's like, absolutely. So I said, we start at 9 o'clock at night, and I'll need you for two hours. And, you know, I didn't have, I think I had some che- cheesy intro mu- <coughs> intro music and all this kind of crap. Go on, stumbling and fumbling. But right before that, Alfred tells me, like four minutes before we're going on the air, that he can only be here for an hour. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's the last thing you want to hear uh, here on your debut night. Enzo, oh, yeah. can you imagine? Much like you want to hear me coughing right now. That would be <laughs> such a nightmare. Grant, what would you do if somebody was bounced on you like that? Would you just riff? For that last hour, or would you like? What would you do? You have to. It, it is literally one of the hardest things knowing that you're going to be on air solo and you're unprepared for it on your and, first night. Yes, minutes before it, no less. Poor Dave. Oh my gosh, brutal. I, I could only <laughs> oh, yeah. imagine. So I'm texting Absolutely Johnny. Brutal. Johnny bailed me out. Came on for the second half or second hour of the show. Oh, and nice. uh, so that worked. I had fifteen hundred listeners that first night. Fifteen hundred. Wow! That's live? <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing. Al- Alfred had wow. a poll. Night that's number so two. Cool. I'm thinking, oh wow, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> night number two, ten listeners. Oh, nice. Night number oh, three, 13 listeners. Night number four, 15 listeners. Night number five, drop off. 12 listeners. Night number six, seven, 17 listeners. Were you wondering if it was you or the material, or did you just figure it was because you hadn't gotten that uh, publicity with the big first name? Uh, actually, our first month, we had some very big-name guests. We did. I, I was booking like anything. I did it all. I booked, did all the audio, did everything. And it was it was really cool. And uh, I at first I was doing seven days a week. At what point did you realize that you were going to be able to p- pull in affiliates and expand into real radio? I, well, I knew that that was the goal that I wanted right off the bat. I wanted to get this on terrestrial radio. Why was that important to you? Probably. Is it like the, it's the hockey side of you, isn't it? No. You just... No, <laughs> it, it, it's a radio professional side. And yeah. not a lot of people were doing it on terrestrial radio. I mean, you have George Norrie where, you know, you love him or hate him. And, and I, I love the guy. I do. But you uh, you try and figure it out, and, and you just have goals. And that was a goal. And did, did it control your format because you were wanting to have yourself on radio? Um, so it kind of 
maybe controlled your format perhaps obviously we have our breaks and things like that in amongst our talk and so was that kind of part of your format that you liked that radio break format and things like that i didn't know how else to do it i was trained that way I, you Your know, roots in sports casting, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you got to realize I'd never heard a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was, <laughs> right? I didn't know. So I went with what I knew and naively, if I would have known that there was so much competition and so many different shows and nobody was really doing YouTube eight years ago regarding what we do. Okay, remember, I mean, going uh, before Google bought YouTube, I mean, everything was on YouTube. I mean, you could you could <laughs> see some pretty grotesque things on YouTube, you know, <laughs> and, and, right. and uh, like real life events yeah. that that were just bizarre. That's yes. you know, and. Yeah. Uh, and if you were if you were a real gory fan, you could watch people losing limbs. You know, you they used to have. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, YouTube used to have terrorist beheadings mm-hmm. on their on their channel. How have you seen? And this kind of leads into my next question a little bit. How have you seen your show change over these eight years? Um, have you seen any more reality coming into this subject? I mean, are you, it's kind of like one of those things I'm kind of new to the subject and I'm like, are there just more reports because we all no. have technology no, or is it because there's more of them or like for you, what is it for you? There's it, a lot more rules mm-hmm. that you have to follow. Um, you never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. You never know who's going to take offense to a comment that you find funny. That's what hurts. Cause I, I really have a, a, you know, I have a weird sense of humor, you know, it's not, yes, a, you do. You <laughs> I know, can vouch for that. You know, <laughs> I, think I think everybody, your audience has heard some but, pretty funny stuff come out of your mouth, but I mean, over the years. you know, you have to be careful <laughs> because right. Everybody is on the one thing that I've noticed is how on edge everybody is. You know, whether whether you say the wrong thing in chat, whether you say the wrong thing on the air, you know, I've right. had people come up to me and say, if you, you do another Flat Earth show, I'll never listen to you again. <laughs> you right? know what? And Dave, so what is the lesson to be learned there is do more insulting jokes to Bigfoots directly and to aliens directly because they're going to come out of the woodwork to give you a hard time. So well, I think more direct insults to aliens and big, I, I think what it is, is, <laughs> you know, when the bigger your voice becomes, <laughs> the louder your voice becomes, the larger your voice becomes, the more it, um, the more criticism you're going to go to. And look, I know we're not everybody's cup of tea, even on our terrestrial affiliates. I, I know that there are listeners and the minute we come on, they tune out because they don't want to hear these this kind of crap that we talk about, you know, mm-hmm. and and I get that and I can appreciate that. We're not going to you know, we're not going to make everybody happy. And and as somebody who is a people pleaser, that's very difficult for me. You know, I've developed bad habits over the time. I forget to call people back all the time. Yeah, I'll call you later on. I'll call you this time. I'll call you that time. And then I get caught up and, 
you know, next thing you know, it's showtime. <laughs> it's showtime, and uh, and I'm off, and I have to tell people point blank, hey, if, if, if I don't call you back, don't hold it against me. You know, well, uh, you you have your audience very close to you. I mean, you have an audience member right here and right here. And, you know, we're we're all very close. Why do you feel it's so important to hold your audience so close to you? Because they make the show. The audience makes the show. You know, one of our latest volunteers that has joined our team, uh, you know, I don't know if he wants me to mention his name yet or on the air. I'll mention his first name, Justin. Okay. Who's recently joined our team uh, as a digital marketing guy. You know, there's a guy who has sat in the background for five years. I think he's only been in the chat room once or twice, so I don't even know his chat room name, right? Because most people use an alias in our chat rooms. And I, I look at somebody like that, and they're like, I want to be involved. I want to help. I feel I can, I can help you out. You know, you, you look at all these people that are out there, man. You know, they, they're tired they're tired of the same newscast every day. They're tired of, of journalists giving their opinions rather than telling stories the way journalists are supposed to tell stories. They're tired of fake news, whether you're a, a Republican or a Democrat. They're tired of politics. They're tired of, 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 of everything doom and gloom that is going on. Never mind the world. Let's just concentrate on North America. So when they come to us, we have to be ready each and every night to provide that entertainment. And and trust me, I've been ripped. Well, you have a big show. You you shouldn't be about entertainment. You should be about facts. Facts about what? Your facts are yeah. different than mine. <laughs> it's it's much like uh, you know, every now and again we'll get somebody in our chat room, "Well, you have no proof. This is BS. We, you have no proof." What is proof? What is proof on anything that we do? Well, you have no pictures, you have no videos, you have no this. All you have is a bunch of people telling stories. True. And in a court of law, those people telling those stories are good enough to put... Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's someone away for life or give somebody the death penalty exactly okay yep. so why is anecdotal proof good enough for the court of law but it's not good in the court of ufos or bigfoot or paranormal that is so frustrating i got Great a good point i got a question here from uh dank what would you recommend to aspiring radio hosts to help make overall workload more efficient 
use streaming platforms. So that way you don't have to do everything yourself. It's worth the 50 bucks to go on Spreaker. And the next thing you know, once you hit stop on that uh, show, on the recording, <clears throat> it is distributed to 15 or 20 different podcast sites. Saves you a ton of work. A ton of work. Learn YouTube. Okay? Stay away. You know, for some reason, in our field, there are all these little networks that are popping up again. We have this ABC uh, Paranormal Network. We got DCEF uh, Paranormal Network. And they're promising <clears throat> millions upon millions of listeners to people. And if you pay us 100 bucks a month or 500 bucks a month, we'll put you on our station. We'll guarantee you that you'll have 100,000 listeners a night. Guys, I've been doing this for eight years, and I'm never paid to play. Don't pay to play because all you're doing is paying somebody to lie to you. That's it. Okay? I know what our listener total is. We've calculated it. Buy books from radio and by online and by online views and listens. We average, thanks to our terrestrial radio stations and our digital stations that carry this live, we average about 177,000 listeners a night. Now, that's a, that's a lot. So when I hear somebody on some dinky uh, <clears throat> online uh, program that has 261 <laughs> followers on Twitter, 87 on Instagram, and they're promising their hosts are getting a million listeners a night? Yeah, stop lying. And never pay to play. Why would somebody pay when you can go on YouTube and do it for free? Or you can go on Rumble or BitChute or, or Twitch. You can do it all for free. That's it. It's simple. So It's beautiful. And the other thing, too, is never talk over your guest. Let your guest speak. Too many podcasters out there will hammer their guests. They think, I'm going to get the truth. I'm going to call BS on you. I'm going to hammer you. I'm going to hammer you. I'm going to make a statement. What does that do? It just makes you look like a jerk, number one. Or I remember I was a guest on one show where they would ask me experiences. I would start telling my experiences. Then they would cut me off to tell me their own experiences. Okay. I think I've been on that show. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a little weird at times. But uh, nonetheless, it's way better than I could imagine. I mean, guys, think about it. We get to talk about all the cool, weird stuff every night. Living the dream. Yep. And, you know, it may not be for everybody, and I know it's not for everybody. I sure as hell know my father will never tune in. Okay? But the big thing is this. We get to talk about all this real cool stuff that people are starting to open up and realize that we're not the crazy conspiracy tinfoil hat-wearing morons that they thought we were. That there is an edge of truth to a lot of this. And you know what? I got to admit, I go around town, people know what I do. I like being the town weirdo, man. I do. <laughs> I like being that guy 
who uh, who is, hey, you know, like I I go to I go get a haircut last week, and my my hairstylist Nikki, she's like, before you even come in, you better be loaded with some weird stories, man. I need <laughs> I need an update. I need an update of what's going on. I said, well, I did see Bigfoot a few weeks ago since I last got my haircut with you. What? She actually stopped the haircut that she was working on. And she's like, you got to tell me this. And then the lady whose she, hair she's cutting is like, well, yeah, forget about my hair. Let's hear about the Sasquatch. You know? You, you know? bring up such a great point right here, Dave. And I'm just going to interrupt you very briefly to kind of highlight that. The fact of the matter is when the skies go dark and things get weird for everybody, you, your show, this is where people will come to find out what's going on. And so the fact is that people are curious now, but at some point there's going to be a sense of urgency behind their questions. And the fact that you're there, that your show is there, that people like Enzo are out there and Grantavius that have been researching and do know some of the truth behind this, it's going to be very useful come crunch time. And crunch time is inevitable. We know that. All your audience knows that too. And so the fact that you've been dedicated you know, to bring this, you've softened it, right? This, this topic has been softened. I know I'm a little more open to, you know, the possibility of a Bigfoot adventure through you, you know, you're making me aware of that possibility that I could really go do something like that. Even though I have a fear of it, I'm willing to confront it. Well, in a very real sense, you're introducing the public to that very same experience because perhaps someone else will go on an adventure carefully with your advice and some of your um, interviews advice. Um, And on the same note, we're going to learn a lot about UFO and UAP, whatever you want to call it over the coming months. And these shows like yours um, are going to be the source that the public turn to when they're looking for what the hell is going on. Very true. And I don't usually swear, but that is what it's going to be like. And so we applaud this show and we love this show and it, and it is a break. It's a break from the hard news that nobody really wants to turn CNN on and watch all the time. We need a little other news. And so that's what this is all about. The other news. Well, gentlemen, we got about 90 seconds here before we got to say goodnight to our radio audience. And I, I got to say this, it's, it's been eight years. There's been some great experiences getting Lou Elizondo to admit that he's seen aliens. You know, that, that'll always be a hi- highlight. Nelson Dellis telling us what's it like to almost die on Mount Everest, not once, not twice, but three times. That is incredible, passionate radio. Hearing Do you story- have any other highlights to share on well, the way out? Well, hearing people talk about their own personal their own personal stories about what they've gone through, about living in haunted houses or being abducted by aliens or, or having Sasquatch knock on their windows, you know, and scaring them, you know, or having astral travel happen during the middle of the night and they can't get back in their body. I mean, those are the stories that we're going to continue to tell. That's what makes us fun. That's what makes us do what we do. And each and every night when we get to bring in some of these strange, weird topics, we only ask, don't judge us on one show, listen to a couple weeks, and then you'll get it. And when you get it, you'll be addicted. 
just like everybody else. And I know I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm definitely putting in a minimum of ten years into this. So I'm I'm ready. You're ready. Let's take the next year, make it a great adventure, and have a lot of fun. Uh, Grantavius from our weekend show from After Hours. Thank you for joining us. Little Timmy Senor, known as the Timbit. Thank you for joining us. Enzo with the perfect hair who will be joining us in Vegas. Thank you for being a great fan and uh, uh, Dank for calling in earlier. We appreciate it. It's been a hell of a ride so far. I look forward to seeing what the future holds as we add more radio stations, as we add more listeners, and you keep sticking around as well. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Thank you to everyone listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight, YouTube, Twitch, Spreaker, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, guess what? We've got room for them, too. We'll start year number nine tomorrow. Good night. Are you a Jeep owner, or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 